Welcome to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, education, and more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also find us on all social media networks at Real Talk That Talk. And now, let's start the show. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Go ahead and smash that like button as soon as you walk into the room. I know we started late. But go ahead and tell your friends we are here. We are here. We may even go like super late. You know what I'm saying? Because it's TMEA, man. It's TBA, baby. You know what I'm saying? We ain't got nothing to do. We, well, we do. How about to say we, we fool. do? We fool though. So we fool. We definitely yeah. fool. We ain't got that polio asada. That's good. So don't give that free advertisement away. But yes, we definitely got that. Yeah, my bad, dog. Look, it. You well, left. Not right. You left to go get something to eat, right? And then I was gonna I, go. I did not. I did not. Left to go prepare for the show. That's what I did. Feel like a that's a bit. It's cool, we bro. You, we got you tomorrow. We got you. Matter of fact, wake up in the morning. We hit because we hitting we yes, hitting sir. the next spot tomorrow morning. So you got to be on time. All right. All right. But anyway, man, y'all make sure y'all hit that, that that like button as soon as y'all come in. Also, please make sure you subscribe to the channel and turn on notifications. The other thing about that too is, man, we are in uh, basically all podcasting areas and arenas so wherever you get your podcast you can check real talk that talk out just go inside of any podcast except for apple man me and apple be struggling i'm we're gonna talk about that but except for apple we are in all the other podcast arenas so go ahead and go on to whatever podcast you look uh, that you like to listen to type in real talk that talk and you will find us also Please make sure that you go and get your merch. If you haven't picked up your merch, go ahead and do that. I will give you a 10% discount if you type in code REALTALK. That is a 10% discount on all items. All right, so please make sure that you go ahead and check that out. Go to the store, pick up your merch. My man, Quan, already got his merch on. I see you, bro. All right, so that's one of it. That's one of the items, bro. Uh, that is the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable uh t-shirt that we have and we also got no he got his other joint right there there you go yeah go ahead hold it up for him so they can see it you know what i'm saying yeah it's the unfiltered unscripted uncomfortable that's the sweatshirt good quality man i'm telling you it's good quality good quality work so we ain't we ain't gonna get you no no mess all right so we're gonna take care of you so go check that merch out remember use code real talk and get a 10 percent discount and let's get to the first topic here we go first topic on the joint is why don't HBCUs have the same sponsorship like DCI? Why don't HBCUs have the same sponsorship like DCI? All right. Quan, uh, he got to think about it for a second. Rick, are you good? You good? You got it? Go on, Rick. Go on, Rick. Rick, go ahead. Hit it. They don't have it because they're not united. Drum Corps is a united front organization. They all fall under one umbrella, and there is not competition with one another to exist or to be considered. The competition happens on the field. Off the field, they don't hate each other. They don't disrespect each other. They aren't out here telling each other how poor they are on the Internet. I've never got online when I marched and told the Blue Devils how terrible they were, partially because, A, I knew they weren't terrible, B, they were handing us our ass every year. <laughs> and then C, awesome. you know, at the end of the day, it's not about hating somebody just because they're good or because they bring something to the table. Like I, 
That's the reason why. At the end of the day, you can't make somebody. Organizations support things when they feel like they have to. You put money behind things when you feel like those things that you're putting your money behind are going to make you more money. Right now, there's no. That's why when people were mad at Southern for not having all these videographers and stuff on the field, I wasn't mad at all. I thought it was brilliant. And at Southern, I think y'all should keep it up. The fact of the matter is these bands have to monetize their own their own image, their own brand. Yeah, they're, you know, all these groups that are, you know, are making these, you know, contributions to HBCU band culture. You got to monetize that. Make money. Like, I, people got mad at me when I said that people should make money off a of band. You should. Band is a, not only an art form, it is a career for, for most that do it. For me, it is my career. I make money doing music. So I think at the end of the day, people need to understand that there's strength in numbers. You know, you can't uh, want a corporation like uh, Coca-Cola or whoever to sponsor something that's unorganized and at, at odds and beef with each other. And HBCUs have had those type of sponsorships in the past. You know, Honda Ballet of Bands. That's fun by Honda, obviously. You know, there are big corporations that are interested in what we're doing, but at the end of the day, it has to be put it, painted in a way that these people feel like the image matches their brand and that, B, they can make money off, which is why there needs to be competition, which is the next part. If you can't go out there, people want to see the band said to be the best in a competition set, not a uh, uh, um, unregulated online platform on ESPN. I'm sure they have judges and all that stuff, whatever. At the end of the day, people want to see the juggernauts go head to head. That's why the Super Bowl gets millions of, of viewers every year. Because we've been told that these groups are the best. We've watched them fight their way to where they are. And at the end of the day, they, you know, they're there to prove it. So I say all that in a roundabout way to say it has to be something that can be marketed. That's the reason why they don't have BCI sponsorship. All right. Hey, brothers, that there's a there's a feedback that uh, y'all have. You got uh, you got some feedback. Yeah, it, it is uh, high pitch right, feedback. I'll check it. I got you. I'll, I'll, I'll fix it. Trying to trying to do everything from a different location, but I got you. All right, well, Kwan, go ahead and give give you give your thoughts. Why don't HBCUs have the same sponsorship like DCI? I think uh, Rick really said it all, and honestly, from his experience uh, and his continuation in that world, he he would know know best. Honestly, if that's the adjudication process, if you can create a tour, so could you imagine if if HBCUs had a tour and they were going to specific areas and perfecting one specific show or even if it was several shows over a time frame and then they were being adjudicated and then they could say that this person is the best could you imagine if all hbcu bands band directors got together and then they developed a council and say hey these are the rules this is what we're going to do overall this is going to be the score um and the score process and you know made the best band win that would be completely different I think, but also we diminish the little aspects of sponsorship that we actually do have. And what I mean by that is, I think Gremlin, either this year or last year, didn't they have a sponsorship with Adidas? 
Uh, I think they had like a shoe deal or something like that. So think about, uh, I think, you know, unfortunately, like we had people that was hating on that. So at the end of the day, honestly, just as a people, bro, we just got to continue to support each other. But what we have to do is uh begin. Um, honestly, it really going to fall down to the adjudication process or because what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, the gym battles and whatnot will only get us so far. Honestly, when you speak about sponsorships and that's the truth. You got it, bro. My bad. Uh, all right. Uh, Smith's daddy. I heard everything you didn't say. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, dog. Trying to control this joint at the same time in a, in a different area is completely different. I heard some of the stuff you said. I heard some of the stuff you didn't say. So what I'm going to need for you to do, bro, is I'm going to need for you to go back. And I'm going to need you to say all that stuff over again. Just start from the beginning. And then we go ahead. <laughs> I hit you with the spit. So my bad, dog. My bad. But, I, but it's you, Quan. So I'm pretty sure that you said something very, very profound, bro. I really do. I, I think that you said something. <laughs> my bad, dog. My bad. Damn it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> at the end of the day, I Rick with the fresh cut. Uh, at the end of the day, bro, what I basically said was at the end of the day, we have to stop hating on each other. I think Gremlin, they had a sponsorship uh either this year or last year i think like a shoe deal or something like that but we laughed and gawked at that um like we don't like we don't celebrate a win for the culture we only celebrate when it's just us so that's first of all number two what i said was gym battles that's only going to get you so far when you're speaking about specific the type of sponsorship that uh that these companies are asking for um, and also we have link when they do these sponsorships to be specific brand ambassadors. So if we're willing to do those things, I don't, I don't think that there's an issue, um, with, with our sponsorship, but could you imagine if the HBCUs did a tour during the summer and was like all of the HBCU band directors got together and said, Hey, this is the adjudication process. This is what we're going to do. And then market that. I mean, come on. You can't even get them to agree to be friends with each other. You feel me? So that's that's where it all starts. Excuse me one second. I got to grab my charger. But here's the, here's the thing. And I know that we've had this conversation before. But is it fair to just say that it would be best to try to put together your own thing instead of relying on the HBCUs to do it? Because at the end of the day, the HBCU is still an institution. Yeah, and they don't have these HBCUs get their funding from their universities. So now we're talking about a massive fundraising effort, or like you said, the sponsorships themselves. Like, all right, so look, let's look at let's look at how DCI is set up, right? Like each drum corps is either receiving a sponsorship from the horn companies that they are in partnership with, or they're paying, you know, discounted rates for whom. So that's one sponsorship, and that's just to have the equipment you need to be successful. You know, a lot of our HBCU band programs, you play trumpet, 
most of them are playing on what they show up with. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of universities. Like I know Southern um, is playing on the King line of the instruments. I know PV is a Yamaha um, based program. Wow. Like it's a lot of bands that are using, you know, like equipment. But that 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 in itself is something that sets the two apart. Then you're talking about travel, having to get these bands around to these events. Most bands don't put their band, you know, most groups don't put their bands on the road unless they go on to make money. This is going to require them to put money up to do so. So I think there's a lot of factors that differentiate it. But I think the biggest thing for me is that there has to be a like goal for all these bands. There has to be something where they can all come together and say, we want to do this not only, you know, because we know it's the right thing to do or not only for the culture, but also we're going to put our money where our mouth is. We can't just sit online and say we're the best. We're going to uh, have to actually uh, <laughs> we're going to actually have to compete against one another. So, what up, though? Man, what up, though, man? Long time no see, fellas. Okay. I miss y'all, man. Have man, you been I miss good? You too, Mario, I swear to God, if you would have missed this week, I was going to bring the picture like I did Ken. Because we still ain't found Ken. <laughs> No man, yeah. I, my, I got I got I, I got reason. I got a lot of reasons. We'll talk offline. Yeah, he got reasons. All right, let me start right there. I'm a, I'm a, I don't want to get too much away, and then we all we get hit with the Smiths. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can't even do can't even do that. Uh, but uh, Rick, I mean, not not Rick. Uh, Mario, you want to get in on this topic? Are you good? Uh, I. I mean, I was listening as I was uh, about to come on, man. I, and I agree with, like, Quan said uh, most of it right there. And then, Rick, you kind of, like, capped it up. I I think the largest difference in these situations is that we look at HBCU bands because they do operate almost um, um, in, a, in a space almost outside of their university. They're still representation of a university. So anything that happens with a, a university or a, a group of bands and stuff like that, it still has to go through the university front. I mean, we have issues when people donate monies to school and can't get it directly to their band program. So how are you going to go True. from comparing a, uh, a actual corporation, DCI is a corp, that's a corporation, to school-related organizations? There's no, um, they don't do the same thing when they come. Like, if you're going to compare, you got to compare apples to apples. Like that would be like saying, you know, big all Big Ten schools has this, you know, event that they do every summer. They don't do that. That's not a thing. So yeah, but we, the Big Ten schools also aren't going around telling each other how much they suck and no, no, how, I don't how much better they are right. to each other. I, I'm not, that wasn't even my – I wasn't even on that. Yeah. Like, I, I agree with that. I'm just talking about as far as trying to find way – as far as the sponsorship question because the sponsorship question was about, like, we comparing DCIs to HBCUs, and I don't feel like that's, that's, that's not the same thing. That's not an equal comparison at all. I that's agree. all I'm saying. Yeah. I agree. We compare summer band programs to DCI group. Not yet. I mean, it's in its infancy. I think the biggest so, thing to compare to DCI mm-hmm. is BOA at the high school level, right? Because I mean, let's be real, and I know this is gonna cause controversy in DCI community. There are a lot of groups that are following what's happening at the BOA level, mm-hmm. like. The use of props was never a big thing in DCI. There have been 
shows in the past. They used props Vanguard when they did Phantom of the Opera in the 80s. Um, them, them, them in particular, they've used props and other groups have too. But now, you can't put a DCI core uh, show together without using props. You know, so, but I, I, I mean, that's mostly because most of them taken off with the Winter Guard. But that's what I say. The Winter Guard, the BOA, like all those things are facets that these groups are borrowing from. So I think that's the closest thing to what DCI is doing. I think, Mario, from the standpoint of what we're talking about, though, is these groups coming together to monetize their art. You know, stop letting other people be the voice of your community. You know, and I bought out how Southern was um, kicking people out of the stadium from doing videos and stuff like that. And I, I said I don't necessarily disagree with it. As a band director, I need to be bringing these dollars into my program to be buying uniforms, everything else that we need as a band program that that money that the university gives won't cover. And, you know, you look at some of these videos on YouTube, you know, Southern's pulling in millions of views, man. So, you know, they are, that is a a revenue stream for that band program. And that's a good thing, you know. So I think that if we could take that same energy that they are able to generate with social media presence and put that on a grand scale, shoot, hire Garrett to be the um, the um, person that puts the uh, HBCU Band Championship video together. Because that brother knows what he's doing, man. That brother single-handedly put band um, going viral <laughs> on the map, you know? So hire uh, him. Let him be in charge of it, and, and let's come together, man. You don't even have to have all the top groups the first year. Get a couple and just go out there and compete. And if it works, you know, at that level where it's going to get you the sponsorships, which is what we were talking about, then hell, man, do it. Because I'd rather have millions than thousands. So I, the question I would ask – I'm sorry, go ahead, Quan. Go ahead. No, no, I just a quick question for Rick. Are uh, some of those BOA bands, do they have sponsorships as well? No, they are char- well. Some of them probably do. I don't know, but Very I know minimal though. Right, most of them charge their kids ridiculous amounts of money. You know those groups that you see in the top twelve at BOA, those kids on average are probably paying between three and four thousand dollars to be in the marching band at the high school level. Why? Because they have a staff where they're paying over a hundred thousand dollars in staff money. They have a show that costs a million dollars. You know, they need these two, three million dollar budgets. And then these are large bands. We're not talking about 100 piece bands. We're talking about two, 300 piece bands. So those people, you know, there's a lot of money that goes into doing that. And to be honest, I think I was talking to a friend of mine. She said that um, they did a study. Somebody did like a dissertation on it where it says, like, what's the correlation between budget and groups that finish in the top 12? And literally everybody that finished in the top 12 had like a certain level of budget for their band. So can y'all imagine having to go to your high school kids and tell them, yeah, uh, this year band costs $4,000. You wouldn't have nobody in the band, maybe two or three people. So, yeah. Yes, that's, there's a lot of levels to that, man. I, I I don't know what I would compare it to. I know you, um, I don't have as much um, familiarity with uh, Bands of America as you guys do, but I, I can't imagine anything in HBCU coming in and sponsorship levels that would that would rival what you know. I mean, the 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 only band that I could think of that has sponsorship love like sponsorship in that 
way that I would think of is like Ohio State. And I, yeah, I mean, you got to be televised often. You have to be out there on a level that is significant. Um, Southern is probably the only school. Southern and FAM are the only schools that come to my mind that would garner that type of that type of attention. Maybe PV now with the TV show, but I I can't imagine it. I mean, because then, like you said, it's going to turn into a whole bunch of hate too. Because then we have that issue when somebody else comes up a little bit, people just start, you know, well, my band do this, and I, you know what I mean? Because we look at it like. Uh, um, I mean, we obviously know uh, some of the crabs in the barrel culture that happens within just people in general. But I think within um, our HBCU world, we take com- you know the competition aspect to such levels that we don't even leave space for celebration of each other. You know, you, and you gotta you gotta celebrate in silence. You gotta celebrate in like on low key, so nobody know you really celebrated another band. And I'll, I'll, I'm glad that I didn't go to school at a place. At, uh, you know, I went to the, uh, to the to the safe haven, right? So I'm glad I didn't go to a place that we couldn't celebrate other people. You know what I'm saying? But I could dog you out crazy. on the 50 and still celebrate you. But it's crazy, bro. Like, in 2014, when we uh, – that was my first year teaching Blue Coats, right? And the Blue Coats were gracious enough, man, to help me. We were able to start an HBCU band scholarship because I was like, hey, I want to get more people from HBCUs involved in GCI. So we started this uh, scholarship and we could not get people to apply for it at all. So what happened was we started posting the uh, scholarship in like different HBCU groups. We posted it in the Uncut group. We posted it a couple of places. Bro, if you would go back and read some of the hate that these people will put, I mean, they hate on anything. That's what those groups are for is just be ignorant. But it would literally be a space like you'd be like, hey, man, we're trying to offer scholarships to students from HBCUs to participate in DCI. Man, what's that dead white mess? We don't want our kids in that white mess. Y'all always trying to steal something, blah, blah, blah. Just hating the whole time. And I'm sitting there like, this organization is literally offering, offering real dollars to give to people that look like us. And we we can't even get behind something like that. So, Mario, that whole crab in the barrel thing, like you said, bro, it's, it's, it's the truth, man. You know, and um, yeah, J- JSU J- is. But I say Jackson was another band that I would consider, you know, major popularity. Yeah. Especially this year with everything with Deion Sanders being. I mean, they were popular before that, but um, this year I think added a lot to it because he he's mentioned the boom and stuff and yeah. his interviews and stuff like that. I think that's really great for them. Um, I, I think if we could be able to celebrate the, the wins of a few and en route to more, I think that we would be on a road to something special. Um, I think, and this may be, it's, it's to deal with what we're talking about, but also just a small little turn. Um, I think the belief from some, just from some that I've heard in little conversations is that it's not a. I feel like people feel like the whole DCI HBCU thing is. It's about the fact that there are people who feel like DCI is better, so we are trying to assimilate to what they do. We are trying to learn from what they do, and and then secretly they are trying to do some of the stuff we do and kind of like the stuff we do. But they, but it'll always for us. We have this kind of like I don't want to seem like I'm chasing after the white man type of thing. I I think some people feel like that. I think I think some people feel like that. Like it's like we have this inner culture that people have worked, you know, we, a lot of us big on our history in terms of like within our band programs and stuff. 
that we know that was, you know, um, just cultivated all these years, a lot of hard work, a lot of sweat. And then we feel like going to the, to anything that's other is like, a, you know, a, a, it's like you're slapping in the face the people who work hard to build your culture. So we have a hard time of trying to find a way to appreciate our current, um, our momentum or the things that we've done in our past and history uh, while not, you know, going into the future, changing everything that happened in the past. But I think that's where we got to figure out where the growth is. And we've had many shows on this talking about the growth and where do we go next? I think that's the, the, the issue is that you, you, we are in such a, um, a multicultural world now where everything's blending. I mean, you know, we, I have students I call they. So, I, I mean, you go from things being very uh, simplistic in our understanding to, then, to being so much more complicated in the way we communicate. Therefore, the way we do band has to evolve. And that's just the next evolution of it. And if we don't, we're going to continue to find ourselves doing the same drills from 1970 in 2020, 30, and 40. But we're doing it. I'm about to say that that's happening now. That's, so. right. I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. But I'm talking about ongoing for the next 30 years. I'm saying yeah. in the next 30 years, with, it's, it's going to continue because we are afraid to say if any evolution is corny or any evolution of something that is different from what we're used to is black or it's white or anything but what we are used to. And so that's that's like you know, but, that's like Mario. I think, but I think it's another half of that too. I think it's, I think it's the idea of the fact that some of us are just to say, afraid to say we need help. Some of us are just literally afraid to reach out to somebody different and say, "Hey, this is different than what we normally do. Can you help me and show me how to make it better?" And then the other part of that is for those people that you were just talking about, Mario. That argument is a very valid argument, except for the fact that it implies that we haven't borrowed anything from them. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Like that makes right. absolutely no sense to me because at the end of the day, high stepping is not a black creation. Nope. Right. It's not. It's not. It's not. The I'm the from, southern back end thing. I'm from, the, I'm from the state that it came. You know what I mean? Like people start doing that. That's University of Michigan. Like drums. So, the Southern backbend thing is not was not created by Southern University. The tenor drums. No, like all these things. So oh, it's, man, it's, a, it's a disingenuous argument, y'all. It's anything that is considered white is considered a threat. The way I look at life is I'm going to prove that I, I belong and I am great and I'm great at what I do. And there's nothing that your whiteness or your bigotry or your whatever can take away from the greatness that God gave me. Because I'm not here to prove myself to you. I'm here to prove myself to my creator. So I think that at the end of the day, to those people, that's exactly what I was saying. Man. We They borrowed from us and we have also borrowed from them. It's, it's, it's a reciprocation thing. Pull the things you like and don't use the things you don't. You know what I'm saying? You don't like core style, don't do it. And it, to... I find it interesting too because, and I don't want, I, I know this is a hot button topic, but we talk a lot in Black History Month. We talk about cultural appropriation. You know, we always talk about it from the standpoint of others to, from us. People outside of our culture appropriating things within our culture. We don't really ever speak about the things that we have bought from other cultures and we do on a daily that we won't 
allow anybody to say anything about it because then it'll be like, but you, but you, but you. Like, it's like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I just think that that can go, that can go pretty far when it comes to that. And there's so many areas to kind of target that. But I think just to bring it back to Ben, I think the goal at the end of the day is going to have to be um, individual programs making decisions for their own program. And if you get left in the dust, then you, that's where you'll be until you realize that this is the wave of the future and that's how it has to be. You know Mario what I'm saying? Like I just, I just has going to be. I mean, some people are going to move forward. There are certain band programs that are going to move forward and others will stand still. Think about, but think about back when we were in band, right? Like, mm-hmm. the one of the songs that Southern was known for, like when you thought Southern University, one of the songs that they were known for was um, Get It On. Really? Wasn't that one of the songs? Yeah, they played that song. Ain't that the name of that song? I don't know if they were known. I was about to say, Can You Feel It, baby? Yeah, Can You Feel It in my mind? They used to play that song. Never Satisfied, Lovely Things. Never Satisfied, Black and Blues. Before I let go, I call it. I put a better example would be like Jackson State and Get Ready. Like, you know yeah. you're gonna hear that no matter when. I don't care what no, you No, but I'm not talking about like theme songs. I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. songs that when somebody oh, Southern would crank that up. Yeah, right, like right, they would right, crank right. that crank that up. We played it at Norfolk State. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that song is by Bill Walters, right? That song is not a a a, a black standard or whatever. They're always I, I'm not sure if it's Bill Walters, but it's definitely it's a Bill Chase, Bill right? Chase. Bill Chase. Chase. Bill Chase. Chase. Bill Chase. Chase. Yeah. Bill yeah, so Chase is one of those songs. We called it Chase at North. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, like, we, we borrow from each other. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just like all these doggone white bands playing neck. Like, ugh, that's a whole other topic. But, yeah, man, at the end of the day, people get over it. We, we are always going to borrow from each other. You can't stop somebody from borrowing from the culture. You can get mad as much as you want. They're going to do what they want. Let's just be great at what we do. And not worry about anybody else. What you just said at the end is what people are saying, though. Let's just be great at what we do instead of worrying about what other people do. And that's why they do what that's why it is the way it is, because that is the mindset. I'm going to stick to what I know and I want I'm not changing to no white mess or to nobody else's mess, because I don't want anybody to say that I lost. I, 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 you know, you know, when people we say when we, um, kind of like George Wheezy, you moving on up almost like you think that if I do this then I'm now beyond, I'm be, I'm not beyond the other bands because I took what the white bands were doing and I did their stuff, so now I'm better than you because I did what they do and, it, and, and it's, it's like that's I'm, I'm just telling you that's like the the thought process of some of that and yeah, it's, it's and the it's sellout like, culture it's the sellout. Right. It, it's, it's, that's the mindset it's like if I do the stuff that they're doing then now, now does that make me good because I'm doing what they're doing I mean, but at the end of the day, they are doing what these other bands are doing. Like, I guess that's the part that's kind of confusing to me. That's the thing I loved about Norfolk State, right? You can't find another band in the country that looks like Norfolk State. From marching style, you know, yeah, we're wearing the USC uh, uniform, but other than the uniform itself, and they, um, who marches like Norfolk? Who has the weird uh, traditions that Norfolk has? The drum agent. Machine State. 
Oh, uh, so let me, let me just chime in one one thing. So, you know, I'm gonna make two points. If if you had to make a top ten greatest rap, you know, list of all time, Eminem gonna be on there. He's a white dude. I mean, and if and if he's not on there, you don't you're know. Him. You're you're completely lying. That's so, so uh, I literally just had this point on Facebook and I had an argument with cats was like, you can't name 25, don't nobody pump Eminem, da 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 da. Oh God, I I I yeah. love that point. But I if I'm from Detroit, so if I say it, everybody think I'm being biased. Yeah, so Eminem is one of his Like he gotta be at least real talk, top top three, top five for sure. So that's that's my first point. And if we gonna if we gonna just be honest. Who 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 was the creator of uh, patterns in motion? Moffat. Exactly. And we still doing it. Yeah. So so my 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 thing is at the end of the day, you like we we may have evolved and and fixed certain things, but let's let's be real. Drilling eight to five is it comes from that guy. So we we gonna we go the kaleidoscope drill drilling eight to five comes from this man. Hot dog and all of that stuff comes from a white dude. So it's kind of like we pick and choose what's beneficial. And that's the only issue that I have. Hey, we can't say because honestly, we're going to keep it a book. Picture shows. Who came up with that? We're, we're starting to implement those now. There's nothing wrong with that, bro. If you dog, what I don't understand is if you see a Gucci belt right now, you're going to buy it. You won't be like, man, that, well, that's the black people that make it. You like the product. So if you like the product, why I just can't get the product? That's all I'm saying, though. And then to be honest, Quan, as HBCUs, we aren't leading the innovation in drill. We just thank aren't. you, thank <laughs> you. Like I put Gary up there as somebody that's trying to do something different, and he's definitely changing drill culture at, from perspective of what people think the HBCU bands. But uh, A and T doesn't get the exposure that other bands get. You know, they have a media team, but it's definitely not at the level that uh, a Southern or some of these other bands are at. It's just not. So at the end of the day, when you think, when I think drill, I'm, you know, I've, I've been in both sides. I'm thinking Michael Gaines. I'm thinking uh, John Vanderkoff. I'm thinking Jeff Sacker. I'm not thinking, you know, the band director or whatever school. I'm just not. Especially from an HBCU, so you know if you want to talk about entertainment value and stuff like that, then we can definitely put our HBCUs in that conversation. But when it comes to actual innovation, that's not coming from our campuses, y'all. I'm sorry, it's just not. And um, somebody said it on—I think it was Chuck that said it. Maybe I'm not sure, but at the end of the day, these bands are almost pigeonholed. You can't go out there and do something completely nope. left field. Remember that conversation we had, Quan, about when we didn't do the PVU at um, PV? Right. We almost lost our damn job. So, yeah, man. You like, shouldn't have not played. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Like, you even said, I, like, bro, I ain't going to lie. I felt some type of way as an alumnus, right? And, you know. It's, Imagine that's not playing behold. Bro. You had all types of people going bro. crazy. Go ahead, Mario. I'm sorry, bro. No, I was just thinking, man. Um, Man, I got forgot my thought, man. I'm getting old, man. I'm about to say it in a minute. Give me a minute. I, it'll come back to me. I'm kidding. All right. All right. Well, 
Uh, let's let's keep it rolling, man. Uh, if you think about it, Mario, we in the middle of the next conversation. Just hey, bring it back up. Good. I'm, I'm gonna bring it up. Back okay, around where to we at? I, was I, it I, about I, innovation? I, we were just talking about innovation, Mario. Yeah, it it was about innovation, but it was a little angle I had on it. But I, I it'll come back to me. It'll right. come back to me. It's all good. All right. Well, let's go ahead and keep it going. Uh, let's do it the right way. Welcome everybody to talk that talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band. HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Please make sure that you go ahead and smash that like button as soon as you walk into the room. Hey, man, I don't see no lights, man. I got a problem with that. Come on, man. Hit the like button. All right? So go ahead and smash that like button as soon as you come into the room. Also, please make sure you subscribe to the network and turn on notifications. I'm sorry. If Prince is over here like being real soft with everything. <laughs> Hey, y'all, I feel uncomfortable. Y'all already know how on the show I already feel outnumbered because of this alpha stuff. If y'all can see the amount of alpha oh, yeah. stuff that's Absolutely. in this house right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's get some real. Uh, uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, also, please make sure you subscribe to the network and turn on notifications. You can also find us on all your podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcast, where you're on there, just look at or go type in Real Talk That Talk, and you will find us. Also, please make sure you pick up your Talk That Talk merch and use real, uh, code Real Talk to get 10% off on every purchase. All right, let's keep it rolling. Uh, the next, are you you got it? Go ahead, Mario. Go ahead, go ahead. You sure? I, I, yeah, no, I can say it then. I was just going to say, we were talking about drill. People were afraid to try stuff. Uh, they're not um, um, allowed necessarily to try different things on the field, but we we do have that exception a little bit more when it comes to music in the stands. I think the way HBCU bands have written music over the course of years, not in the current rap daddy space. Are y'all drinking synchronized drinking? What the fuck is that? <laughs> just, just keep going, man. Keep going. The hydration, but no, but no. Real talk is um. Water's a lake, minute talk, really. Yes, sir. Right, right. We have some, we have some legendary arrangers over the over our time that I feel like should be highlighted. We should a lot of the arrangers. I, I feel like if people could sit down and look at some of the stuff that Mr. Adams has done uh, mm-hmm. at Norfolk and and at at Howard and at, at Jackson and you know Gene State. I just feel like his music, man. That stuff should be sitting somewhere in, in, in a boat, bro. Like, because I think that to me is where our innovation really kind of changed the, the name of it being corny margin band. Because it used to just be like, oh, get on the field and perform. You do your shapes and all that stuff. But margin band wasn't cool. It wasn't cool until we started doing the things that we did. We put the hitness in margin band because it wasn't cool before we started doing it. So that's why I was kind of saying, like, our arrangements do that, but we just haven't been able to put. Some of the ranges, not everybody, but you know, but the field stuff is where it's like we you can't we can't push the envelope there, but we can push it in the stands and play circle of life or something like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can do play young and the wrestlers, but you can't do a Sesame Street show, but you can play some old weird ass like stuff that don't nobody but know. But you about. can't even play young and the wrestlers. Cause remember how you know people are saying Right, but it was there was I mean there was some haters, but there was a lot of love on that on that arrangement. Yeah. Even people who don't even mess with fam, they were showing love to that at least. You know what I'm saying? I'm just because saying. But if that, imagine if it being a show, they had like like number one HBCU show a couple weeks in a row. But that they did a basketball and a basketball hoop or something at 
a uh, classic or whatever. And, and then, then people Baylor was did it the next week. And then Baylor and people, did it the next week. Right. And people was, <laughs> but in our culture, people was hating. They were like, they're doing a basketball to damn football game. I'm like, bro, like you can't, no, they, they were, you can't you can never be pleased, bro. It doesn't be symmetrical circle. So let's put it in the uncut group and joke on it. Like these people are so goddamn corny. That, that's I mean, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, but here's the problem with that. Here's the problem yeah. with that. And then after I say this, we're gonna move on to the next topic because we gotta get to the next one. Big thriller, I see you, homie. The problem is you think they're corny for that. They think you're corny for how you think. True. You are absolutely right. They they think I'm the I guess they think I'm like the most Uncle Tom person at HBCU. You band. are you are the sellout of, of HBCU. Yeah, but I do want to go ahead and say this. I saw it in the chat. I meant to put it up on the Instagram, but then we got busy with traveling and stuff like that. I do want to say congratulations to my brother for being featured uh, on the Symphonia uh, Facebook page uh, as one of the premier brothers of the fraternity. So, uh, you know, kudos to, to, you know, my big brother here. Rick was on there? Dang, you phony. You don't even know that? Nah, nah, I'm kind of here's the Symphonian and only two new. No, 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 I say I didn't know he was on the page, like the page. <laughs> you know what I'm saying everybody nah. here is the Symphonian phony. No, he was saying he was Symphony. No, he was saying he didn't know you were on the page. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, this is bro, like Rito, like Rito. That's that's big stuff, man. That's but, dope, bro. Congratulations, but, but man. One of the greatest things about that is, like I said, I, and, and I always say this, y'all know I chop up the videos and try to make sure I get them out, but one of the shows that we did was one of the ones where I was actually saying that he is somebody that is that needs to be known in what we do. And so I appreciate the fact that uh, the fraternity saw it fit to go ahead and put him out there. So I thought it was dope. All right. Let's keep it going. Um, I actually had this topic on secondary sessions, and I wanted to bring the same topic up today on Talk That Talk because I think it's uh, a really interesting question, and I really want to get you all's perspective. I know, Quan, we got it for secondary sessions from you, uh, but you know, you can probably bring your thoughts back over here. So here it goes. Are we participating in the Victim Olympics? Are we participating in the Victim Olympics. All right. Um, Quan, since you already answered this question on second uh, secondary sessions, go ahead and kick this one off on, on this one. Uh, like I said, Monday, like, are we participating? Not we, yes and no. I think that's what I say, Monday. I can't remember, but yes and no. Because on some things, like, we chose this profession. So it just comes with the, the job. That's first and foremost. But some of the things that we're that we've been expressing, if you know deep down inside, you're busting your butt to ensure um, that your kids grow, then and then you don't have, for the most part, an equitable situation. Then you have the right to complain. But we have to be honest and cognizant of, bro. This is what we kind of sign up for. You know what I'm saying? Like. Not being ugly, uh, and I'm gonna use this example being a police officer is a dangerous job. Danger comes with the job, bro. You know what I'm saying? Just like you can't be mad that your bank telling you mad that you counting money, like it, it don't go like that. So, at the end of the day, I think 
there are some teachers that are just bitching and complaining just because. And then I think it's certain educators that truly are trying to fight for the betterment of their children. And if you're trying to fight for the betterment of your kids, then nah, you're not playing a victim. But I think some teachers are. All right. Uh, Chief. Uh, yeah, I, I feel similar uh, to what Quan said. I, I, I guess I come from the standpoint, uh, there's a difference between reasons and excuses. Um, the reason that this was that this took me longer than it probably would take others is because of my lack of resources. However, it got done. The reason I didn't do this is because I didn't have these resources. That's an excuse. You know what I'm saying? Like so, um, but depending on the situation, that reason can you know the under the eyes of some can look like an excuse. But it just may take longer to get to a certain goal because there are many other elements that create things that are out of our control as educators, especially in music education. You're talking about, um, I told you about like my situation. I teach kids who I'm starting for the first time in ninth grade. Can you all imagine if you started playing your instrument for the first time in ninth grade? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, in, in, unless you had a music bone in you, that's hard as hell to, to, to you know, to, to, to find the ones of a 75 kids who want to play. That's like, that's hard. So it takes a lot to, to be the perfect personality to kind of make it cool, but not be, you know, old, like too, you know, old fashioned in the way you speak about it, but kind of, you know, like that's all, that's a whole situation. But when it comes to uh, people that I talk to, many of the band directors up here are just making it work. It The product may not be, so this is where it gets fine, though, because they're making it work, but it may not sound the way some top program with, you know, these kids coming from these performing arts places or, or it may not sound like that. Like I give shout out to my man Rashid, my man Rashid Sheffield over at Shabazz High School. Rashid is not a musician, but he has a marching band over there and he does his best with those kids. And these kids, you got kids that are literally, bro, literally like on the road to the worst. And he pull them in and he get them like focused and he does his thing, man. And Rashid has um, always kind of looked out since I've been here in Newark. You know what I'm saying? And and I, and I look at that like you when you judge a band, you don't know the story. You're just looking at the cover and you don't know the story. So that's why I always say it's easy to be on the outside looking in, judging secondary teachers and saying what their program is or isn't. But unless you take a deep dive and you find out what people are dealing with individually, it's hard to just put a blanket over everything and say, this is the reason y'all doing X, Y, and Z. So um, victim Olympics, no, it's not the victim Olympics uh, for those who are getting it done, but getting it done looks different to different people. All right. Rick, victim Olympics. Are we participating in the victim Olympics? First of all, let me, well, first let me start. Let's give a big up to like Mario said, uh, Rashid, Rashid hits me up all the time, bro, just to check and make, see how we doing, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the type of dude he is. So, big up to our um, our Spartan brother, uh, Rashid. Rashid, uh, mm -hmm. like you said, he was in Spartan God, and now he's you know one of the you know main band directors in the city of Newark, man. So that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Feedback gone. Feedback gone. Now nah, you still got a little bit. It's but I mean, but it's better. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's better. It's, it's there though. But we right. keep it rocking. Keep it keep it rocking. We no, we good. I, I I'm I'm getting messages that it was still a little feedback. So that's oh, what it's, I'm, it's just got a little like feedback. an echo chamber, a little bit like an echo chamber. That's all. But you gotcha. All right, yeah. go ahead. My bad. I think that um, at the end of the day, there will always be reasons to be mediocre. <laughs> There just will be. We can always find a, a reason or, you know, or justify certain things that we don't like, you know, with that. I I have never played the victim in my whole life. I have always tried to put myself in a position where no matter what situation I'm in, I try to make the best out of it and be my best in that situation. I'll give you all those. I want to give you all a story. Because everybody knows I'm Mark Strumpel. No, no, it's not an unpacked moment, but it's. Um, so my first year of drum corps, y'all, was 1999, right? I was 16 years old. This was before Norfolk. I was in high school. I was junior in high school. And that summer, I had every intention of marching in the cadets, but I ended up not going. So long story short, um, I was not good. <laughs> I was not, I was terrible. But I would stay back after every rehearsal, y'all. Um, when I'm when I especially when I was at Cadets, just to try to get better. Whether it was marching, whatever, well, I could always play, but that it was new to me, man. I had never marched drum corps, I'd never done that style before. So I I, I tell that story like People think that I, you know, yes, I'm an extremely lucky man. I've been in, I've been in circles that, you know, had I not, you know, marched drunk or did other things, I wouldn't have been in those circles. But at the end of the day, when given the opportunity by God, I took advantage of that opportunity. I worked my ass off to make sure. And I think that's what it is, Mario. I don't think it's a victim thing. I don't think people understand how to work hard. They think just because you do something over and over and over again, that's working hard. It's like that mantra everybody says, work smarter, not harder, right? Right. Put in efficient work. Put in work that will lead to achievable goals. I never put myself in a situation where I know I can't flourish. I'm not a, I'm not good at math. So I'm not going to be out here, you know, trying to be a, a, a engineer or something. I know I'm not good at it and I won't be good. You know, but I will always try to make, you know, the best out of any situation that I'm I'm put into. So I don't think it's a victimhood thing. I think it's a uh, overall for some, because this ain't everybody, man. I know so many people. I'm gonna give you a prime example. One of our students, James Gibson. James Gibson was a uh, he's a piano player. One of our Five Mu Alpha brothers. Um, when James graduated, um, he knew he wanted to be a band director. This man went to Louisiana. He went, came back to Texas. He moved to Dallas from Houston. Like This man went all over the place to find what fit him. He became a, a band director in Dallas for a couple of years. Now he's out in Duncanville doing it. No, he's in Cedar Hill. Cedar Hill. Cedar, Cedar Hill. Yeah, one of the best, one of the best HBCU style bands in the country is Cedar Hill. And that's just from putting the work in, y'all, doing the right type of work, trial and error, being able to fail and say, okay, what did I learn from that failure? And applying those things I learned to the next thing that I go to. 
no matter what, your life ain't over. There's always going to be a better situation. You know, the band that I teach, I teach at a university level. There are a lot of things that we do very, very well. There are a lot of things in our program that need work. There are. Well, every time I, I look at an HBCU video and I see 30 tubas up there, it, it, it's like, oh, my God, I wish I could have that tuba section. We have 10 tubas in our band. And our band is 300 people. We have 10 tubas. You know what I'm saying? We don't have... But you ain't blowing, though. They're not blowing. They, <laughs> you know, that's not our style. But still, you know, those 30... When I see 30 tubas, man, like when I was with PP and they were doing their warm-up, and to hear that surround sound with tuba, man, it was great. So, yeah, man, there, there's always work to be done, and there's always a lesson to be learned. But I, I think in general, as black people, we have learned to deal with whether, whatever hand is dealt to us. You know, some of us do that better than others. But that, that's part of the black experience in America. You know, we know how to, to succeed in spite of them. So, no, I'm not going to say it's victimhood, but I will say that there, there can be instances where we use, like Mario said, the difference between an excuse and a reason. You know what I'm saying? I think that is absolutely valid. So no, I don't think it's big in the hood, but I think it's easy to to mistake the lack of hard work for for you know um, the um, the victimhood that we've been talking about. So. All right, let me. You mind if I say one more thing, bro? No, you got to go ahead. All right. So as as a director, bro, as a, as a director, bro, what I realized though, you have to sometimes sit back and bless God for your small victories. What I mean by that, when I first got to the uh, school that I was in Houston, I had a drum line and the drum line was eight people. That was it. I'm um, blessed to say now that we have around about on average, about 32 kids full. Now another person would be like, well, y'all ain't big and ain't nothing. But in the midst of COVID and everything, we built that program. I'm still, you know, we're blessed to have kids go to uh, school, you know, on scholarship my very first year to even now. And there's a lot of busting there, but it's hard, like really, really hard to help push hey, this repeat, music education aspect forward. But let's be Hold clear. Up, hey, repeat what you said. The you're, last thing that you said, because you're your uh, hotel Wi-Fi kind of went in and out. So repeat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you broke up a little bit. Nah, I, was, yeah, I, I ain't trying to nah, I was just, I just want to make sure. No, you no. No, I was just saying, like, at the end of the day, though, like, you have to be, th there's a lot of hardworking band directors that are doing, like, busting their butt. And it may not be yeah. ideal to what, uh, what you think. No, we're not marching 100. But thank, bless God for my 32. And what a lot of these band directors have to have to fail uh, to realize, if you're faithful over over your few, it's going to multiply. Yeah. And it's like like that's the problem that I have. I was in my office, and when I first started, and this is just my testimony, when I first started, we had eight eight people. Now I have a drum major that runs practice, and I was like looking in my office, just looking like like he's. Going over breathing exercise. Awesome. Okay, he's tuning them. Good. He's going. Whatever. I went out. 
Yeah, you went. Did I go out, y'all? Yeah, you back in. So what I was saying was, okay, what I was saying was, but I have a drum major that runs our warm up session. Like it's growth, and so many many times, bro. Like we have to as 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 people that that are around these band directors that you see working hard, encourage them, bro, because to build is hard. Like so, don't don't shit on his thirty two. Don't crap on his sixteen. Because if it came from nothing and it's 16, he's building. So it's like we we have to do better, like I say, as a culture, not to just shit on the director, but remember that those are keys and you don't know what it took for those keys to get to that point, bro. So it's like yeah, we, we just gotta say, do better. Here's the problem. This problem with I, that. I one thousand percent agree with that, Quan. Here's the problem with that, Quan. I one hundred percent agree with you. And and you you have a small group like I used to have a small group. But here's the problem with that. It's our own people, right? As directors, we, we'll we get in front of our kids who we may have 80 kids or 100 kids. And we'll teach our kids, oh, that little band over there, they ain't shit. They ain't blowing. So the kids now will look at your band and get online where your 30-piece band may have posted a video. And your kids is mad proud about it. But them kids from that other school that have been taught by them band that uh, that band director will be on there like man, them niggas ain't blowing dog, they trash. Like you know what I'm saying? It it is a un, unfortunate cycle that we are continuously doing to not only we're it's an unfortunate cycle that we're doing to each other and we're passing it down to these kids. This is why those kids, real talk. This is why those kids technically don't want to go to the smaller universities the smaller HBCUs because they want to be in the bigger bands where they can, they can talk shit about the smaller band and beat up on there. They have been taught that it is okay to completely talk crap about each other without trying to build them up. So when they become band directors, that's all they're going to do. So I agree with you. Yes, but there's the other half of it. But the, but the other half of what Quan was saying, I think is important too, right? Like, from the standpoint of you don't even know how much of your message is reaching the kids, man. Like these kids are listening to us. You get up there and talk. These kids are listening, man, because they understand that you have a level of expertise that they don't have. Like one of the highlights of my teaching at PV was I just so happened to sneak and watch a baritone section at one time and they were playing and the section leader um, cut the section off and he was like, I mean, y'all, you got to play with the right vowel shape. And he was using the ter- terminology and all. I was like, it's paying off. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Like, he was using the correct terminology and everything and making the right corrections. You have to breathe and make sure that the breath goes all the way through. No stops at the top. Initially, uh, immediately turn the air back. Like, they were giving these very, very succinct and, you know, minute details. It was awesome. So I think, they. Like, you know, man, it's nothing wrong with having a 30-piece band. You know, it's Not nothing wrong. Like we talked about on the show before, everybody's band can't be a grade six band. You got to have some grade four bands. That's why they write the music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, But when you get that grade four, play the hell out of that grade four. Play the hell out of that grade two. You, Mario was talking about, man, I can imagine Mario being a, a ninth grader starting the trumpet. I remember how much I cried as a sixth grader. Because shit hard, bro. It's no instrument. The French horn and trumpet is the hardest, bro, to try to start at that late age. 
French horn and trumpet in the ninth grade, bro. Yeah, like bro. you can get other instruments are get are are manageable, bro. But trumpet and French horn, bro, to play concert French horn in the ninth grade, bro. Job. And just start all the how slippery those partials are on that instrument. That's man. what I'm like, saying, man. It's like, like you got to no. build the strength, bro. That takes time. That yeah, that takes time, you know. And even with the right warm up sessions and all this other stuff that you got to do, like with me, I got a different situation. Like we don't have, like there's no HBCU style band up here. That's the big band that they're like, oh, we comparing it. There's nobody like that. There's no up up. There's nothing up here like that. There's nobody around that people are saying any of those things. What I've been trying to do, I was actually talking to Rashid about this before, man, and some other directors up here. We're trying to get together and, like, get them all together and have, like, an event. You know what I'm saying? And, like, have them play and learn from each other and try to use that as a way to spearhead a kind of, like, Newark United type of, of energy. Not to – that's not to play on words of the actual Newark United. There was a band called Newark United, United but – just something for the public school kids, you know what I'm saying? Or the, or the you know, you know, uh, secondary kids in the city, the charter schools too. But it's hard up here, man. I'm not saying I'm not trying to make it like, oh, I'm the victim. I'm not. I still work my ass off. Everybody knows me. I, I have a standard, and it ain't changing regardless of what I'm in. But understand, bro, it's not the same. It is not the same. Everywhere is not the same. Like you, you. Even I even talk to people who are like in Virginia who are like oh they struggling there. I'm like bro, I I know struggling in Virginia because I've been there and I've been to the bands. I helped out at the band. I know these programs. I know what they're dealing with, and it's not the same. You got kids who literally don't have even parents that even know any music. Their parents don't know music. Don't nobody listen to nothing. They have no connection to. They're not even African American. Most of these kids are not coming from our culture at all. They don't even know anything I'm talking about. So I'm saying it because every region in the country offers something a little different. It's a little different. And so we those things also have to be kept in consideration when you talk about, you know, when you say victim Olympics, right? So just to bring it back to the actual question. So, you know, some people are 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 in situations where they could just be working smarter and getting more effective situations from their kids they have. And other people are working their butts off trying to work with you know robbing peter to pay paul to make it happen and it's it's like it's more work than you than any one person really can do successfully over long terms of time because you're going to end up them having a stroke in the in a position i want to talk about that the mental health and wellness and physical wellness of band directors dealing with all the bullshit we deal with men and women we they be struggling people getting sick all the time dropping dead and they just move on and hire another person Sorry, yeah, that was a soapbox. We talked about that briefly on the last year. Yeah, you, you definitely got on your soapbox on that one, brother. My bad. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm back no, you good because because this this is you know I like this deep when we start getting real deep. Pause. All right, but <laughs> <laughs> but. One, I mean, one of the things that I appreciate about about us, <laughs> we can still hear you. <laughs> you didn't need the camera. I mean, you, you turn off the camera. <laughs> oh Lord Jesus! Oh. Uh, but uh, one of the re- one of the things that I like about the fact that we actually started later is we are we we actually get a, a chance to really get in depth. Uh, 
without worrying about the time constraint. I mean, I know at Chief at some point you're gonna have to tip, and that's that's understandable, bro. Uh, I know for I know for me, me and uh, me and Rick and, and Quan, we we had a TMEA daddy, uh, oh, nice. so you know we can, we can probably do probably another thirty minutes, uh, but but. But no, I, I uh, sleepy. Quan mad because he ain't get that chicken with us. That's what it is. Uh, damn straight. You damn straight. <laughs> hey, Quan, I got some right here if you want it. I got two chicken breasts. Got two of them. I know because you always get a whole chicken. You get a whole chicken. You get a whole chicken. It's good. It tastes better when it's fresh though, but it still hit after the day. That's why he get that bread and be like. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man. So I, I, I'm, I, I'm gonna let you guys rock, especially if you guys got something to say that that's really valid. So don't, don't apologize, don't, po- don't apologize for being on your soapbox, brother. Yeah. All right. Uh, but let's keep it rocking. Let's keep it moving. If you're just tuning in, welcome everybody to talk that talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. This is a TMEA late edition. I'm just gonna call that. That's what. That's what we're gonna call it today. TMEA late edition. All right. So please make sure as soon as you come in, go ahead and smash that like button. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and put this up real quick. Boom. I I, I was given this little thing right here and I just wanted to go ahead and share it with y'all. Cost nothing. Cost nothing. Right. We always talk about support, right? Let's let's if we're really talking about support and we want to really improve on how we support each other, do this free. F-R-E-E. All right, cost nothing to go ahead and hit a like button. So go ahead and click that like button as soon as you come in. And also, please make sure you subscribe to the channel uh, and turn on notifications. You can also find us on all the places where you get podcasts, except for Apple Podcasts, but I'm working on that right now. So just make sure you type in Real Talk That Talk and you can find us. Also, please make sure that you go and get your merch, get your Talk That Talk merch, and then you can go ahead and hit in code Real Talk and get a 10% discount on all items. Well. <laughs> you have to excuse Rick. It's very rare that me and him are in the same room together. All right. Uh, hello. <laughs> you sound like, hello, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> you have soft skin. <laughs> What is wrong with him, man? <laughs> we sleepy. Creepers. How'd you get those? Next topic. Uh, this might ruffle some feathers, but uh, I'm going to ask this question. We're seeing a lot of people who are entering the university realm of education, specifically HBCU level. All right. So let me ask this question. Are some people using ed leadership as a quick way to get into university teaching? Are some people using ed leadership as a quick way to get into university teaching? All right. Uh, Who hasn't started yet? Uh, Mario. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, the answer to the question is I, I actually don't know. I don't know people up here doing that. Like, there's no one up here that I know that's doing that. So, um, I mean, I think that may be happening in other areas. People are trying to get to the university level. I think people 
had this idea that being a professor is so much more dignified than being a public school teacher. Um, <laughs> I will just say to each his own, you do what you feel is best for you. You have to um, be in, 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 and educate the people that you feel like, uh, the group of, of area of students that you feel like you are most suited for in your style of teaching and education. So if, if that means that going to the university level is what best suits your personality, then that's where you should be. Not everybody needs to be in front of these kids, the little ones at least, you know what I'm saying? And, and therefore, there are people who are set for certain areas. And uh, if ed educational leadership is the, is the quickest route for you to get to that, then, then I, more power to you. I don't, I, I'm promoting anybody getting into a position that, that they feel like they are good at. Um, however, however, I do feel like it's important that people should have experience on the secondary level before they go to those levels, um, just to understand the type of kids that you're getting, understand the type of um, um, some of the struggles that do that, that are that are experienced on that level. I think it's important to just know what that's all about on some level to be able to have um, a little bit more, um, I guess, maybe understanding of what you may be dealing with on another level. Some people have you know, and then other people feel like, no, I don't care. This is a university. You got to be doing X, Y, and Z, you know, and for those universities that can say those things, more power to you. But many of our HBCUs are getting kids who uh, some can really play and then some can't play at all. Uh, and um, it's because that everybody who uh, oftentimes many of the very, very, very um, highly capable people who are even are getting worn down in our public schools and then looking to move on to the next level because they feel you know, underappreciated, under, you know, funded, which is confusing because you can actually, I know in New Jersey, you get paid more being a public school teacher than you do an adjunct professor. So I don't even know why that's a thing anyway, but I don't know if, if the money's a thing for you, but I, I mean, we all have that to some level because we need to fund our families and live our lives. So that's an important aspect of it. Um, I mean, for me, I don't, y'all can do what y'all want, but I know for me, I look at it like that. I don't want to go down and be in some like little small Pondock town, being in front of a band every day, all day, and not getting to perform and be with my family. I'm a performer. I'm a musician. I like playing. I like being a part of, of, of a, a community of music and not just one area. And that's that's just me, though. Like, you know, so everybody has something different. I don't necessarily look forward to going into some little small little town and being being a big fish in a little pond. That's not that's not my thing. So for those who want to go to that route, more power to them. And I think it's great for them. I think it's great for them because we need successful people at every level. All right. Rick. Quan, I want to, I mean, Quan. Um, Chief, I want to push back a little bit. And it's just from mm -hmm. one part. You say mm -hmm. people look down, like, as far as the dignity of being a secondary teacher compared to teaching at the college level. I, I, maybe, right? Maybe. And maybe that's been your experience. For me, I think people think teaching college is easier than teaching secondary school. The kids already know how to play, so they don't have to do all, go through all the struggles of, you know, teaching development, right? They think that, especially if, they've are, if they're already at a secondary level, that going to a college level is like reaching the mountaintop. It's not. Can I <laughs> okay, I was about to say, can I respond to that? Just, ahead, just that one part you're talking about? Only thing I would say to that is that I don't think people think that teaching the ped the pedagogy, the pedagogical part is easier. I know people, I, well, if you have any type of musical brain, you would know that that's not easier at all. I think when people say they, when people feel that that is the case as far as it being easier, 
the paperwork side and the and the bureaucracy of that level is is relentless depending on your public school situation some people have great situations don't have to don't have those problems they're good and others bro a non-stop rotation of new principals new administrations new blessing planning this doing this and any other area like unit plan all it's like non-stop paperwork where you don't even get in front of the kids it's the last thing you get to do yeah whereas that's what they're talking about not the pedagogy part not the pedagogy but, yeah, but, but I think it's, I think stuff. it's it's from a position of ignorance, right? They just don't know. They don't know That's what true. that job really entails. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Like me, me true. myself, man. I I, I say that Mario because I was one of them. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. I taught when I taught at um, the middle school, man, and the high schools in Virginia. I just knew coming to, to PV was gonna be a whole another level and all this stuff. We were gonna be so great. We were gonna be playing. Lincolnshire Posey and and all these great went on something. It was going to be amazing. And then I realized that, like you said, it, it takes more teaching at the collegiate level because you do want to be able to do some of those more upper level things. You know, it doesn't become about just having your kids make sure they play the right note. It becomes about phrasing. It becomes about expression. It becomes about all these nuances that make music great. You know, like we can listen. You can have a band that vertically, like a vertical alignment, they can play Lincolnshire perfectly. Me and my, a friend of mine, Brian, we were talking about this. You know, and that, you see that a lot down here in Texas, man. Like a lot of these bands are technically proficient, man. They can play all this hard literature and vertically it's going to line up perfectly. But it ain't no music being made whatsoever. You know, so it's just like... Right, right. People play hard pieces and play them poorly and then that's right. not doing them justice. Right, right. I've seen so that me, way too many I times. I think that people, what's the question? Are some people using air leadership? I think air leadership gets some people in the door to the collegiate level, but I think that ultimately your talent is what gets you in the door. And quite frankly, if a university, you know, I don't know any university to just call somebody and say, hey, you got the job. Like there's usually an interview process, there's usually auditions. All that. So if a university thinks that a person is good enough to be whatever at their university, then you got to trust that they picked the person they thought was best. I think we see a lot of people now where name cachet has gotten a lot of people into positions, but, you know, that's mm-hmm. not... Man, that's been happening throughout history. That's not new. You know, in both cultures. In both cultures. Leadership and you get your boy and your girl in. Ain't nothing right. like... I'm sorry, our white counterparts do it. I think we deserve a, 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 the freedom to do the same thing. Yeah, it happens on both both spaces. Right. I think so. I think at the end of the day, the concern I have is that teaching at the university level more than any other level is about academia. It's not about test scores and stuff like that. Most universities, these are tenure track positions. Tenure track positions, especially for doc, you know, for head directors, require research. They require you to actually be a- actively involved in the community and, and publish it and things like that. And it's been my experience, man, just from looking at some, some, I don't want to judge people, man, but the fact of the matter is, are you qualified in some cases to do the job that you have? Like I, I question a band director that will accept the job at a major institution 
and not do all the facets of a well-rounded music education. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I have a problem with people only doing one ensemble second semester. T to me, that's, that's a, that should be a year-round thing. You find the time. Don't say we ain't got enough time. Shoot, we spend a lot of time. All of us wearing a marching band where we shoot, we get in the band uh, practice four, five, six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Don't go home to 12 to twelve o'clock. But all of a sudden, the school year starts and we ain't got time. Man, come on, man. You make time for what you want to make time for. So I think I think at the end of the day, uh, are people qualified for the jobs that they have assumed? The director of bands' job is that. Bands. Bands is plural. Mm -hmm. oh, don't wear the ruffle feathers. You know, you can't just have an amazing marching band. You know, and at the end of the day, you have to make the decision as the leader of your program. I know some amazing leaders. You know, we had Dr. Sanford on the show. You heard what he had to say. You know, it was no, there was no option for him. Doc said that his bands were built around the one ensembles. My, the success of my band is built around what happens in, in the one ensemble room. And I, I tend to follow some of that logic. I think one ensemble is super important. I don't think that that's the base. I think teaching should happen everywhere. I run, mm -hmm. I run a marching band rehearsal the same way I would run a win ensemble rehearsal. We talk about pedagogy, we talk about making music, taking everything. So, to me, this question should more so be, go along the lines of: Is the person even qualified for the job? And I don't care how they got there. Head leadership, doctorate in music. It's some people with doctor degrees in music that let their bands go out there and do things that they wouldn't have done at the school that they got the doctorate from. I mean, let's be real. No HBCUs have a doctrine in music. So they had to, we were talking about the white man because that always seems to be the excuse. You have to go to one of them white man schools to get that doctorate you have. Unless you got it from ID, ICDC online, you know, with, <laughs> with Romeo. Right, with old little Romeo and, and Master P. But if you didn't, you have to go to one of them white schools to get it. So at the end of the day, However you got there, cool. Are you qualified to do that job? And are you going to do a great job with all these qualifications that you do have? And if you're not, you're doing your students a disservice. Point blank. All right. Because <laughs> I ain't never called you that. Go ahead. Mess. It's cool, bro. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, so we've said a lot, but I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to ask a question with a question, but I have to. If we're saying that we're going to push the envelope and raise the standards of our HBCUs, shouldn't you want a person that's proficient for all his degrees? There are, there are, and this is, this is, and if, and if a person watches this show and they have a, you know, doctoral degree in ed leadership and you're a band director, whatever, I'm not, picking anybody but i'm just saying for me and my conviction i would want a person who has all of these degrees because we look at the collegiate level which it is the highest level of marching bands outside of the drum corps and you know that aspect and that type of circuit it's the highest level it's a coveted seat like we're talking and you have some you have some directors that have those uh, ed docs, and some of them are even, you have some, real talk, don't even have a master's in music. So, I, I mean, like, 
where are our standards? And again, if that's you, peace be unto you into your program. I'm not knocking it. But for me, as for me and my conviction, I want a DMA. That's what I want, because I want to ensure that I'm proficient in all my degrees. I want to continue to do the research, regardless if it's qualitative or quantitative, regardless what it is. I want to make sure that I'm proficient in my my current degrees and in my previous degrees and continuously pushing and then inspiring the next generation to do the same. I think we need to raise our standards, bro. It's like not being ugly. We compare PWI versus HBCU, but you can't be a department chair with an A-dot and not a DMA. And if it is, I apologize ahead because maybe I'm wrong. But I, I sometimes I just feel like we dummy down shit to say we have something. And okay. and I... I, I I know uh, just, you got to get ready to roll out, bro. Yeah, I just had to roll out. I wanted to wait till you finish that, Quan, because I wanted to hear what you had to say, bro. Um, but I wanted to say everybody, man, uh, for everybody watching, man, thank you guys so much for coming to the show. And um, sorry I had to pull off early. I got the kids, man. So I got to get them down. It's, a little, it's that time of night, for sure. So yeah. um, it's good to see everybody, man. I'll see y'all next week, man, for sure. I right, good night, bro. Much love. All right, go ahead, Rick. Go Quan, uh, I think it's the fact that doing what you said, it's hard. It's easy to get, you know, like to even get into a doctoral program, you have to have a certain number of years teaching. You have to have videos that show your proficiency at teaching. You have to have recommendations from people in the field that recognize you as a peer. There are a lot of aspects that go into getting into a doctoral program that a lot of people want to cut the corner to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy to try to find ways around the hard work, man. Like, I'm I'm, I'm going to be adamant about what I said, man. People think that the collegiate level is easier. And it is not. It is by far more difficult to sustain at this level. You can get in the door. There's a lot of schools that will let you in the door. True, there are people, you know, that are at the collegiate level that don't even have master's degrees. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're, but, you know, that's not taking away from their talents. It's just saying that schools will make um, sacrifices and changes for, for people that they respect or want. You know, like all these people that never went to college that have honorary doctorate degrees. You know what I'm saying? Like, it happens when you have the experience to go along with the, you know, with what people, um, appreciate it about what you do but at the end of the day man it's hard to do it to, and like and you said dma that's a step under phd <laughs> you know what i'm saying like a phd in music doctor philosophy in music that that is hard a phd right so i think at the end of the day man there are people i think people genuinely want to do what we do and want to be able to do it at a high level but I think that they're going to find the easiest way to get there, even if that means, you know, maybe cutting some of the qualifications. I don't really know many people that have a doctorate in, in um, ed leadership that is a band director. I don't know many. So I think, Quan, what you said is valid because I don't think many of those people are out there. But I think that, you know, I think we're more so talking about 
the lower level positions in a band, not necessarily the director of bands, but maybe associate or assistant. I don't know, but for me, Quan, I agree with you a hundred percent. The documentation doesn't tell you that you're an amazing teacher. The documentation tells you that you put the work and time in to be able to be in that position that you're in. And then your work speaks for itself. So, yeah. And so, I, I mean, like I said, go ahead. Go ahead, Pam. No, I, no, you good. You good. <laughs> Just, I mean, and I, I don't mind saying it. I'm the guy from doctor doctoral school, like, but I'm gonna try again. But because that is something that I want, I want to be recognized, and it's not about you know black white, but I want to be recognized amongst my peers as musicians. As this person is a master teacher, bro. And no, you don't have to quote unquote have the degree to to say that you're a master teacher. But I want to walk with a sense of humility my entire life to be a lifelong student and i want to earn that degree and i think sometimes like we can't talk about well we want to do things different and cut corners like imagine if you we do that throughout our life you have a piss poor life because you tried to cut corners bro but Quan, uh, remember when i said that a couple weeks back i was like music is the only we, oh, excuse me i'm not gonna say music HBCU band is the only field I know of where you can be blatantly underqualified and still do what we do and be considered upon the greats of our field with that mediocrity. They won't let you into medical school if you had, uh, didn't have the necessary, the requisite qualifications and stuff like that. Only in our field of HBCU marching band because I don't know no underqualified theory teachers because there's a level of research and rigor that you have to go through in order to be able to teach those courses. Right. So we can we can make those those list of demands for that type of position. But the most visible aspect of every band program, you will let a person in there that ain't never in some cases put the, the they call the swack hours. Right. In, in anybody's band as a teacher, a member, anything, or a person that was trash gets to on their instrument or whatever, gets to be the person that leads the, the musical education of our kids. And that's that's one of the major problems I have, Quan, is that like we let people stand in front of our bands that otherwise we wouldn't do in any other situation. So they're good enough to teach our band, but they're not good enough to teach anything else at this university. That, that, that's weird. To but, me. but and and, and the crazy the crazy thing about that is we'll hype them up. Like like we'll we will hype them up. Like in and from a cultural perspective, like we'll we'll hype those people up because it's about an aspect of entertainment. Right. Man, me personally, I want to sit at the table. With the Dr. Greggs, with the Dr. Zacharys, with the Dr. Sanfords. I would be and honestly, for what those individuals went through, even shit, you Rick, Dr. Rick. Like the what y'all endeavoring through is damn near like a fraternity in itself. And there's only one way to go in, bro. Like Rito. And I think at the end of the day, it's your it's my integrity that be like, say, bro, get on your shit. At the end of the day. You and, the perfect thing, bro. And please respond to this. Please do. Mm -hmm. You brought up the perfect word, and that's integrity. Yeah. 
there's a lot of people, and I'm going to bring this up because I said it a few minutes ago, but I don't know if you got it. There are a lot of people that have doctorate degrees that went to these schools that allowed their bands to perform in a way that would not have been uh, acceptable at the school that they went to. So you are you are considered an expert in your field from this particular institution, but you will allow your band to go out there and play out of tune, over overblowing, no balance and blend, no nothing, and say it's for the culture. So what type of integrity is that, Quan? These people that will go and pay all these money for these degrees, and then as soon as they get a position where they can make a difference, they just feed right into that mess that everybody else tells them they're supposed to feed into for the for the culture. And I'm gonna put the quotes. Because I'm from the culture. I went to an HBCU. My band didn't play like that. Well, you ain't part of the culture then. I guess. You ain't got no swack hours. Oh uh, yeah. And then I mean, and then I'll end with this, and then if they see, like I brought up, for example, my my program. If you see me with a 32 piece band, you disregard the credibility because oh, he ain't got no big band and ain't blowing. Bro, you don't <laughs> you you don't know what what a person has endeavored through and you don't know what's in their head, bro. Like, and that's why I say, bro, we gotta get out of this ignorant shit, bro. Like, it's 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 depressing. Like, we're to, we're we're arguing at a show, like we were speaking about the march earlier, but we're looking at band directors and leaders. In a professional manner, that real talk, that show shows you. Even um, the Netflix show with Bethune Cookman, these are leaders, bro, leading in a professional manner, and it ain't about all the quote unquote drama of reality TV. Like, damn, we gotta do better, bro. Like, we can't, we we can't keep saying we want to do better and we keep doing the same shit. That's insanity. But Quan, you're saying that everybody ain't saying they want to do better. You're saying that as an amazing, as a person that cares about musicianship, as a person that cares about moving our culture and our community forward. You're saying that. A large number of people, Quan, saying, I'm satisfied with what I hear. Yeah, because they think about, they look at what they have and they think it's it's already amazing. Yeah. It can't get no better than this, dog. It always can get better. And it's so much so, Quan, that they they will shield their ears and their eyes from the things they know aren't right. You know, some of our best bands, some of our best bands have issues that they need to address too. But people will look past those if that band is one of their favorite bands and then one of the bands that um, that is not their favorite band, they band, they worse than Siskel and Eve. They got every last commentary you can think of, Quan, of how that band sucks. I hate the arrangement. I hate the uniform. I hate the show. I hate the performance. I hate everything about this. But they'll let, if it's their favorite band, no critique whatsoever. This is perfect. You know what I'm saying? So much so, Quan, we have gotten so much past music. A rap song won song of the year for most, for most people. Like, that's where we are, bro. So for me, Quan, I've learned to temper my expectations, you know, when it comes to that, but also not compromising my own integrity. People can call me whatever they want. At the end of the day, when I stand up in front of a band, I have a like you, just like you, just like you, a high level of expectation for any ensemble I stand in front. I did a, I was a, a in two thousand and 
11, Quan, I did. I uh, was the conductor for the Portsmouth All City Elementary School Band. And when I did that, uh, the person that's in charge of music for the city was like, "Hey, just pick some some easy stuff. You know, it don't even have to be." I, I was like, "No, I'm gonna pick something that's gonna challenge these kids. If they're here, they're here because you know they were able to be here." And we did a couple of songs out the red book, the back of the red book, the, the harder songs that are in the back, leading you into the blue book. If we don't expect more from our kids and our people, we're not going to grow. We're going to be in the exact same place doing the exact same stuff, like Mario said, doing the same drills for 30 years. So, no, man, I think I don't think there's anything wrong with what you're saying at all, Quan. Have a level of expectation that is higher. Have a level of expectation that is achievable. And then push, man. Like, try to do something better. Try to be better, man. Try to move the culture forward in a positive way. Not just saying it online and talking shit to people. All right. There it is. Uh, so what I'm going to go ahead and do, uh, because we are at that late hour, I'm, I'm going to cut the fourth topic. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and let people into the room. My man Justin has actually been, like, waiting for a long time, right? <laughs> He was down there. He had his little dinner going. Uh, Justin, if you still there, come back in. There you go, brother. There you go. Uh, I'm also put the link inside of the chat for anybody else who wants to uh, call in with us. So let's go ahead and welcome Justin in. Come on, Scarfanger. Where you at? Come on in, bro. <laughs> What's up, doctor? What's going on, bro? Man, uh, I, I was just uh, tuned in because, I mean, this y'all feed is is like three or four seconds before the, the live feed, so it's better to be on this one, honestly. But uh yeah, man, y'all boys were saying some some uh some good stuff. Rick, I wanted to ask you uh earlier so many damn topics about uh y'all mentioned how uh how fam you dunked the basketball one week and then uh what thing was Ohio State did it the following week? Baylor. Uh, I can't yeah. I can't remember what school Mario did. Yeah, but was, yeah. Baylor. Yeah. Okay, my question to you, my uh uh Rick is so bro. I, I can't help but agree when you said, like, you know, HBCU, Phil Show aspect, they, they don't change, like, repeating the same thing, different songs. Do you think that if a school, let's say a school like Southern, like, went on a whim and tried a different style of show and they messed it up, let's say they messed it up, where it wasn't as good as what they normally present, would you, Rick, give them more cool points for trying something different versus or uh, would not saying you? Or uh, would you? Would you think they'll get like backlash for not sticking to the script? Well, I, I mean, we can we can right. all answer that, bro. I can tell you straight up, they would get backlash from it. But I also think that that has something to do with what Dr. Sanford said uh, a couple of shows ago, which is the fact that we have to train our audiences. The problem is, is that a lot of us are just afraid of our audience. We're afraid for our audiences, to, our audiences, to tell us that what we're doing is not to the status quo of what they're used to. Because we don't want to lose our ego. I think that's a lot of what happens. A lot of us have a lot of ego in what we've done and said that we, we're here and I'm not going to take the chance of stepping outside the box to do something different that may propel me to the next level. I'm going to coast on where everybody's comfortable and then rely on my ego and everything that I put out there to, to, to make myself and everything look great instead of saying, hey, I'm going to actually take the chance to step out. Regardless of what my people say, I want to actually better or, or or improve what's going on in my inside of my band room for the sake of my students. So I think that they will get backlash. People like me 
And people like Rick and Quan, I don't think that I think we would look at them like, all right, that's dope. At least they tried. I mean, well, and, and let's keep it. I hope they do something different next right. week. So I think it's a little more nuanced too, though, right? I think what you said is absolutely right, Julian. But I think it's another aspect, and that's financial, right? True. Putting that video up, if people don't like it, Southern makes money off those videos. When videos get a certain amount of likes, you get money from that. So now we're talking about money being involved. And from a school that doesn't, I don't know, I don't know Southern's budget. I didn't go to Southern. You know, I don't really have much information that I know to be concrete. But I know when they wanted those new instruments, there was like a huge fundraising thing that Mr. Heyman was doing to try to help them get them instruments. They ain't just come from the school. They were out there on the road. I'm sure that those videos and stuff helped pay for that, helped pay for uniforms, everything. The etching. Southern has uh, Southern University on the front of those tubas. That etching alone costs $500. Just the etching you. your name on the front of the tubas costs $500. I know per tuba. Not $500 for the whole set. (laughs) I know because we just got a brand new line of tubas for my band too. And they asked us if we wanted to put Yukon or uh, Huskies on the tuba. I was like, yeah, that'd be dope. How much is it? And he told me, I was like, yeah, that's going to be like an extra 10 Gs. No, I'm good. Just send us them tubas. When you just pay $8,900 per tube. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's a financial component, Justin. And that's the reason why I said what I said about the um, monetization part, right? Mm -hmm. I think that all bands need to be able to control the monetization of their product. The hard part about it is, and somebody told me, ain't nobody worried about no Trey Sonner. It's a reason why a lot of bands aren't putting a lot of these clips out online. Because if it, if it gets back to Trey Sonner, they're going to have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. When I, and I, like, I, I, I fear for our program so much, Justin, man, because I'm telling you, bro, it's going to catch us at some point. It is. Hey, I did want to comment... Uh, for the example that you made real quick, in my opinion, bro, because as of right now, Southern are Southern is like the premier HBCU band and trendsetters. Even if it wasn't the best, real talk people still would appreciate it. Yeah. Like, and they like they're they're not going to shit on them. And literally what we're saying, like from the perspective of like they're doing something different, people are gonna be like, Ain't nobody did a show like this in years. Like it's you know, like like because of because of the cult following they have, ain't nobody gonna question it. I guarantee you that. Because my favorite show that Southern has done, and I don't know if this is new. So Justin, you can tell me from a drill perspective was when it was either when Mr. Hamer had was like at the end or right when Kendrick took. I can't remember, but they did the flower, the flower drill in the middle of the field. And it was like the flower kept changing shapes and stuff. I remember mm-hmm. talking to Dr. Zachary, like, man, that's that's all right. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Like they they've done different things. I don't know if that's new. You can tell me, bro. But I mean, I've I never, seen them try different things. Uh, the star and the flower, I guess it still had the same context. That I can't tell you. I know Mr. Taylor just did a, the flower. I don't know if it was last year, this this past year, but you're right. Now, um, but it, it was nice. It, it reminded me of, like the, the circle drill because you still right. got a that same nuance to make those ends with them other squadrons. And let me play devil's advocate a little bit for for a second. Because I'm a football head, HBCU, everything. So um, a lot of the HBCUs, Jackson State mainly, is getting a lot of flack for the schedule that they put out. So like, 
the Dion's whole thing was to come promote the swag, make it bigger, better. We we as good as the PWIs in Tanner, right? So mm-hmm. they call them the they call them the schedule trash because this year they gave they have all HBCUs on the schedule and no big money game. So it's kind of like one can say basically you call calling our schedule trash because we don't have a, a top tier of talent on the schedule. Why to bring it home for a second? So one can say like you stutter like they like from HBCU like if it ain't broke don't fix it you know what I'm saying and as well as, as saying like you know just because we I feel like people want stutter for example to change the whole drill style because it's the same thing from the end zone uh song uh uh two maybe a drill go to go to concert formation song come back me do another drill block band uh I mean Dash does come out, then dash the team off the field. So that's what Southern does. That's what most of the HBCUs do is in the swag. That, that same kind of mantra. I feel like people want them to do something totally different. It's almost me like me saying, like, I would like to see NCAT drill a whole uh NCAT. I would like to see uh Norfolk drill a whole show instead of doing a little walk slide stuff thing. You know what I'm saying? Every now and then. Or like asking a PWI who we don't pick on because uh ch- said in one episode, like, they do the same thing. We don't tell them that. I want to see them do a, a drill-style show and see if they can pull it off. So my thing is, like, I, I want to see us move forward. Rick, it's just like, what do you want? I need, I need, I need I something. Like, I, I never, but I've never said that I want... I don't want Southern to change their style. I don't want any band to change their style. I've never said that. What I've said is the same way that Southern can go out there and play Fairlease into uh, real the Alicia Keys, mm-hmm. when they did that, and all the mistakes and all, and the crowd loved it, every band should get that same love for trying to do the same thing. Like I, like I, that's my issue, man. Like everybody thinks I, like I have such a thing against. I have nothing against Southern. I think Southern is a great band. I mm-hmm. do. I appreciate like you. You got on me one time because you was like Rick. Tell me a rap song that you like, or tell me a song that Southern plays that you like. And I was like, I liked um, that um, Holy Grail. And you were like, oh, no, that's too old or something like that. Like, <laughs> like for me, that was the, the joint. So I don't have a problem with that band, Jackson, nobody. I, mean, I don't. I, I know that's the narrative, but I don't. My issue is that you just want them to be better. I want all of our bands to be better. Right. Every single band that looks like us, I want to be better and continue to grow. Like one thing, Justin, and I've heard you say this myself, bro. You can go back. You look at 2012 PV. You look at 2014 PV. You look at 2016 PV. And you look at 2018, which is the best band I think PV has ever That's had. my favorite PV. 18 right. band. Do those bands look the same? No, not at all. Constant growth. Every single year, bro, that band got better. 2020, during the COVID year, when they were in the stands playing, that's one of the best sounds I've heard come out of a, out of HBCU band culture in the last 10 years. They sound amazing. So much so, people were online capping, talking about something they were in the studio. Mm-hmm. Like, like, that band gets doesn't get nearly the credit it deserves because of the name. I swear to God, Justin, if you change the uniform, yes, they have moments. We, but every band has moments. But Some they bands get, don't get called out for ex- that. And that's my point exactly. We can critique the hell out of them when they aren't amazingly perfect. 
but some of our favorite bands have the same type of mistakes and get none of those same critiques. But yet PV has continuously grown every year and gets no credit for it. And I just I, have a problem with that. I want there to be an equal playing field. When Southern doesn't sound good, like on that fair lease, then we should be able to say, while I still love Southern, that was not good. But here's the other half of that. The other half of that is not only being able to critique and, and say it wasn't good, but for them to go back and make the necessary changes because they want to be better. But they, but a lot of people, and feed it's not just Southern. This. I'm just talking about right. anybody. Exactly. But I'm saying a lot of people feed into the, like Quan said earlier, the whole internet um, craze. We capitulate to what the internet say we should do. Like, I, there's nothing wrong with wanting better for something that you say you love. I said this before, man. I marched in the Legion. I love the Legion. I'm going to always love the Legion. I love the people I marched in the Legion with. Is the Legion always perfect? I Hell no. That. Some of that stuff, I'd be like, I don't know, man. But, and this is something that we had to fix at PV. Well, I'm not going to get online and bash my band. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go dick ride other bands because my band is in a rebuilding phase. We, Quan, I'm Quan, sorry. Justin, when we first got to PV in 12 and 13, we were not given the adequate space to be in a full rebuild. We weren't. And a lot of these big bands like Southern and Jackson, they, a couple years ago when Jackson was tiny, Jackson had, was about the same size as PV. Mm -hmm. Their fans weren't online asking why right. they so small and all that right. stuff. We were not given that option, uh, Justin, when I was at PV. The alums, uh, and they weren't all of them, there were a lot of great alumni, but there were some who didn't get a band any credit. And those are the same alumni, Justin, that are in those uncut groups still bashing the band. So I don't want I don't want to hear we from you. We got a people. lot of man. This sounds terrible, man. It don't sound like the way they used to sound. This sucks. Blah blah blah. Probably rolling his grade. Yeah, because yeah. we're trying to rebuild something. We have a hundred people total in the damn band. It's not gonna sound like a band that had three hundred people. Like the, the like keep the expectations consistent. Like I'm sure I know a lot of Southern alumni, Justin, that are not satisfied with some things that go on. But they are never going to get online and say that to people. I'm sure in those, some of y'all's, um, like, <laughs> like, Southern groups, I'm sure some of y'all be in there going in. But guess what? I ain't never seen it. You know why? Because I ain't go to Southern. And y'all ain't out here broadcasting. So I want that same consistency, Justin, for every band. As a person who marched in the Legion, I will tell you, we have problems with the Legion. You'll never see it online. How many times a week bash the Legion? Mm -hmm. In public, because I ain't never seen it ever. Exactly, but when we get into our own spaces, oh yeah, oh yeah, Sean, that is a perfect example. What that, that hello clip? Remember that hello from the Bayou Classic? Can we talk about that? Did that sound good? Mm -hmm. well, Did that sound good? I'm sure, and I'm, this is coming. For, I, I I personally taught the Southern alumni. Damn. But they ain't gonna never type that shit online for the masses to, to know, man. Like that's my problem, man. I wanna know that I wanna know what Miss Sean mean call that spade. I mean it like it didn't sound good because that went viral. That that was like it went viral, yes, because they were playing the number one song in the world. It wasn't because it sounded great. <laughs> it was because they were playing the number one song. Justin, go back and listen to this to the oh, um, right, to it. Please go I, back I, and listen to it. 
there's a lot of stuff was in that clip that that went on that that just was crazy. Like uh, I don't want to talk about it. Well, but let I me ask you this: Justin, it's a video flow, and I know you've seen this video because you're in these groups just like I am. It's a video with somebody right in front of the mellophone section. And they just selling wolf tickets. They playing whatever the hell they can think of. Talking about a bloody Sunday? Yeah, at the, at the Mardi Gras. And people will make their school. Oh, it's just Mardi Gras, dog. Y'all being... That's what we get, bro. Oh, it's just Mardi Gras. Y'all being too... Giving too big of a critique. That's what they get. But PV um, will come in. Or no, I'm not even going to use PV because I know we're going to have some people saying we did right with Right, bias. Bias on PV. When Norfolk came to... You can't say Norfolk. You went to Norfolk. You okay, let Norfolk. me give a good one. Um, no, because they'd be like, it's because we went to Norfolk, that's why. Alabama a and Alabama a and I think it's one of the best sounding bands in the swag. Hands down. And consistent, too. Why don't they get the credit they deserve? I, I, I give them credit. I got a new, I got a new A&M and an old A&M. 18, but Justin, you also got sense. <laughs> There's a but at the same time, I, to, to the point. Okay, let's go. Let's go back to that Mardi Gras clip. Like, it's, it's all about understanding the time frame, too, right? For example, I come to, I'm not coming to Crankfest to hear Mary had a little lamb or uh, Beethoven. You know what I'm saying? What I'm coming to hear? That's that that gangster. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mardi Gras is Bloody Sunday. I'm not going <laughs> to hear. I'm not going to hear. Yada yada yada. I come here this cranky. Now I get a person like you, Rick, is like I can sit in the spectrum of everybody. I Rick and them who gonna talk about pedagogy and everything you need to talk about. I, I got goons who gonna talk about did they take it up at the end and they this the super be flats and I got the band directors who who understand what's what what they need to impress those kids who out there Mardi Gras watching to get to come to their school. You know what I'm saying? But that's the thing. I was gonna say something. we were both. Both I, of us were screamers. Both of us. That was what we was, did in Norfolk State Band. Y'all was y'all was screamers at Norfolk. I hate to say it that way. You wouldn't have screamed at no But who was seeing Justin? When we were in the band, who was seeing us? Let me break it down to you. Who didn't know what it means? And y'all. It, even y'all screamers, but y'all band director wasn't gonna let y'all do nothing berserk. Bro, it, it, we, we you, took PYT every single note of PYT up. Every it's single correct. I got cussed out in the band room for taking all of what was it, ready or not? Every yeah. single, every single part from the beginning. I got cussed out in band, in the band room. I ain't care though. But, but that's my thing. <laughs> like we we Justin, this this stuff. We did the, we did we the did exact that, same thing. You, you not listen to him. You not listen to me. You did it most times. It was in tune. It, it was like it wasn't. It didn't break y'all rules. You didn't get a chance to march in a, a Talladega or a band or like you know like at a bloody Sunday type stuff. But you said like, but here's what you but well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Justin. And and this is this is where I I get what you're saying, but I don't agree. Because I, of the fact, I know, I know you don't agree. Yeah, but but because of the fact that it was, I think it was a week ago or two weeks ago, or maybe I was just watching some old, uh, all of our old clips because I had to make the cuts. But it's the, literally the same analogy between and one and the NBA. At the end of the day, yes, and one, we are coming to see all them little sweet tricks and all that kind of stuff. But the fundamentals Trimble. of basketball is still the same. The no, fundamentals of I basketball is still the same. I can't throw the basketball off your head in the NBA. And I, I'm going to get an ooh if I do it. You no, what I just said, what I just said, we come to see the tricks and all of that stuff. So 
doing all that kind of stuff, throwing the basketball, doing a little swoop daddy around your, around your shirt and all that. That's the fun and the entertainment. But you still have to make a shot and you still have to shoot the right way. At the end of the day, right? A layup is still a layup, regardless of how you do a layup. A dunk is still a dunk, regardless of how you do. There, there are things that are that are synonymous to just playing basketball, and I think that's the same thing. We like to hear. I don't. I, don't, I like to I hear agree. people crank up. I, I, I like I to hear people crank up, but I still believe that there is, like Rick says all the time, an F, a F concert in tune is an F concert in tune. It doesn't matter what you're doing. So that's the point. I think I think and, and I think that's the the part that I think that some people believe like we don't like the, the crank up. Like we do like the crank up. Just because there's this like there's this misconception that because we marched in the Legion, we didn't like the crank up. Like that's all we did when we was there. Now y'all look at it as something different, but we like we would sit in the bedroom and be like crank nigga, and we'd be cranking up in the bedroom. Like that's so when you get them stands, so you get them stands in public, what will we get? It was the same thing. We never approached the band room and the field different or the stands different. But that's, I think that's the thing, right, Just I think that you're, I think that people assume that because we were in the MIAC, we weren't playing. That's loud. what it is, exactly. Right. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, like, I think that's what it is. The fact of the matter is, and I'll say it again, I'll put, I will put that, those Dizzy Act sessions that we were in, against any trumpet section in HBCU ever. Because, like, you you said it yourself. Yeah, Rick, y'all was screaming, but it was in tune. You damn right it was in tune. Like, and we cut off at the same I remember, time, I we remember started at the same time. Before the A&T game in 02, on Turn on the Action, we had a uh, we had to all scream that F concert. All six of us had to scream that F concert. Paul Adams pulled every single one of us out of the stands and before the, the, before yeah. we got on the field and tuned the, the double G, the double G, and he sat and tuned all six of us to make sure that we were in tune. So yes, we did tune, we tuned our screaming notes, but that did not change the fact that we was going for them holes, and we might hang over just a little bit just to make sure you got that last piece of it. We hit the hangover that we did all of that same stuff. He used well, to get mad at me, just Julian used to get mad at me because in turn in uh, turn on the action. We were facing the end zones playing this part. But uh, I could beep, stand when you put BB take that up every single time. I used to take it up every single time I took it up. And Julia was like, Don't why are you wasting it? Nobody's taking that up. Like we were facing nobody's hearing that, dog. It was a waste. It wasn't Justin. Go listen to the AT video. You can hear that double G. It was not even a important part of facing that. It was you, a lot of melodic. You see the energy that you got right now, Rick? Like, yeah. imagine a whole section that's thinking like you and have to, and nobody thinking how he thinking. Everybody, like, yeah. Was, Rick, no, he thought that way too. He just, it was two notes. It was two notes that he used to hate that I used to scream because he thought they made no sense. It was that double G facing the end zone. And the A on And behold. the A and behold, the double A. Did, did they make sense? It's a double tongue, double the A. Yep. It was a. Da -da -da -da. And then after I would double tongue, I would go up to the double A. So I would go, da -da 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 yep. and he used but to get mad at here's, me every but time. Here's the, but here's the thing that, that goes against what you're saying, Justin. I was the only one who felt that way. Yeah. It was six of us who were screamers in that section. All, all the rest of the five of them would be playing that eight with him. I'd be like, nah, I'm sitting out. I'm good. I don't need that. <laughs> I, I, can go for, I can go for the rest of the meat of the music, right? But like, that's... 
we we rock the same way everybody else rock, dog. Like people think. I, I think. I think. I think what I'm saying is like you know, Rick. When you in that moment of you want to take that up, bro, like you want to do that, like I'm pretty sure your band director didn't approve of that, especially if if if, if he didn't think it was wrong. But nowadays, like sometimes, like to get the interest of the students, you know what I'm saying? You got to kind of. It wasn't them. that he didn't agree with it though, Justin. Like Dr. Sanford and them. We were doing it so much it became identified with the Dizzy. That's yeah, that was that was the became the, the So statement. he would he would start recruiting, making sure he bought in two or th- a one or two screamers a year, Every year to replenish. So like I was the first one to leave. When I left, um there were still six or seven people. That's when um, Dale State came in. Jamar, he be in the comments. All them started coming in. Like he would actually recruit for those people. But now you are right from the standpoint of there were certain aspects of our sound that they were just not having. That um, bombastic baritone sound, Mr. Adams was not having that. True. Mr. Adams would cut the whole band off, and he would man, he would lose it. And Mario, let me let me let me make sure I give him his his credit. Chief was actually the one who who started building that euphonium section up, and Chief and and Doc would cuss Chief out. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that he was playing with the sound, especially when we got the euphoniums, Doc would be like, it's supposed to be a conical sound. It's not supposed to be that loud sound that y'all are trying to play with. He would do that every single time. Every time. That, that loud sound, was, it was popular now. Like Ms. Sean just said, back then, like, they didn't get claps. But if they wouldn't have changed the, they, they style, they wouldn't be the, the dancing dogs they are today. I just feel like, you know, sometimes, like, I, I agree with y'all be saying, but, like, give examples of what give examples of what y'all want to see a change to then then say then then just saying y'all should change I, I get y'all you know what I'm saying but sometimes when you come off other people like oh they just hating but if you start like saying stuff maybe let's try to maybe let's try to do such and such things different we could be a better I feel like we all be saying the same thing but Justin I've heard you on this show bro I've heard you on this show agree with me in saying that the best band that Norfolk ever had was 09 Yes, and, and, and that's and, yeah. the best band like, Norfolk ever had, right? What's some of the songs that people hold synonymous with that 09 band? Obviously, everybody, uh, what's the name of that? Teddy Club up was one of them. Dirty Diana. But you talking about regular normal songs, Dirty Diana. Um, what's that? Um, that um dun, dun, bum, bum, uh thriller, uh not thriller, um uh, only off the wall, off the wall, off the wall, only, off the wall. Yeah, yeah, all these songs that became synonymous with that 09 band were not songs that would be considered, I don't even know what popular in this day, man. Like, people would look at them songs, I mean, they sound good. That would be the critique. I mean, they sound good and ain't blowing, though. But but here's the other half of that, Justin. I wouldn't say that. So, like... I wouldn't so, say that. They coming, they coming, Rick. I don't care what you playing. If it's, if it's, if it's like... If oh, it's I know. Like, I, talk, I, was, I was on staff for that band, Justin. I don't know if you knew that. I was on band staff in 09. I did not know that. That's one of my favorite songs. But uh, <laughs> but here's the other half of that, Justin. So you like you you're asking the question of like give it a, a example of what, what you want to see. Asking for, right. But here's here's the thing though. Like in the course of us doing this show and, and having the show, I think one of the greatest things is the fact that not only are we having the conversations, but we have given examples. The problem is the fact that people take our examples and they look at them as an attack instead of actually looking at it as something to actually believe in and say, okay, they may be saying something of substance because that goes back to exactly what we were talking about earlier. 
some people won't allow their egos to get out of their way to accept the fact that they can just <laughs> take the help that people are trying to give. We're not on here trying to boast our egos. We're not on here for that. I didn't create this show for that. That This was not that whole point. The whole point of this, this whole platform is to be able to give people a voice and a conversation to say that there is a different route you could go other than the way that you're taking that may not be so bad, but could probably use some help or could probably use some, some extra you know, tutelage or whatever, a tweak. So the problem is, it's not the fact that we haven't given examples. It's just the fact that they're not open to take them. It's like we tell you all the time when you come on here, bring, bring people over, bring people over. And there are plenty of people who I've seen come inside of the chat and never come back again. Because of the fact that they they don't like what we're saying, and it's not about that. It's really not, you know. What I'm <laughs> so, but that's what I'm saying, man. It, it we've given plenty of examples, and and I and and I've done a lot of these clips where I cut them up, and I don't cut them up to just try to get shock factor. I cut them up. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. No, 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 no. My first time. Yes, that's how I got. That's how I came to the show. Rick was saying, "Let me, let me be clear. Let me be clear." I cut the mass band daddy up to get shot. All the rest of them though. Got everybody ready to fight me, aren't they? Boy, half the half half of daughter Austin band sent me them dad because do you know who these people is? He called me. He was like, "Hey, dog." You see this backlash you getting from this video? I was in Sacramento, bro. I'm like, what video? <laughs> you getting an uncut group. You getting that smoke right now. But, like, but, but I said, on, <laughs> on fairness, out of fairness, the one that ended up in the, in the uncut group was not the one that I cut. Somebody else cut that one. But oh. I'm just saying, like, the stuff that I cut outside of the mask band, Daddy, the stuff that I cut is, is, is specifically put in there so that people can get those nuggets that we do leave. You know, if you go back and look at all of them different clips that I cut, except for the mass band daddy, you will find a lot of information that's in there that you could take and use for yourself. If you are a director or if you are a student, the problem is, once again, people just feel like they are being attacked and they go into the defensive instead of saying, man, I, I might listen to what these brothers are trying to say. It's as simple as when 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 Rick brings up Trey Song. There's literally people in a com on the on that video in the comments saying, "Ain't nobody worried about Trey Sonner. Like, that's the problem. That's literally the problem. Not being open enough to say, "Maybe I need to take heed to some of this information, or Trace I may just need to watch out." He Trace may Sonner, be right. Trey Sonner sued a middle school. You don't think they'll sue sue a band full of black folk? <laughs> They saw a couple of uh, HBCUs every year. I, I, I know for sure. You know what I'm saying? When you was right about not posting some of them songs because, like, they, they'll get back. Like, we can't even put some time. Prince, Beyonce, and Jay-Z don't even worry about it. But posting on YouTube is going to get flagged. You know what I'm saying? So, I, like, I can't think about it like this, Justin. One of my, I'm going to give you a more recent song that I love from Southern. All right? I'm going to give you a more recent one. And there's only one clip of it online. And that's the uh, when they did that Outcast. In 2018 against PV. When they cut off and come back in, it's in. Um, yeah, and they face PV. What's the name of that oh, song? Oh my God. Oh, that was that? The Outcast song that Southern played against PV. Liberation. Uh, j huh? Liberation. Liberation. That was it. That's one of my favorite songs. Brian wrote the hell out of that. Like, Brian, kudos to you, bro. That's a hit. They played that song one time. One of the best songs, in my opinion, they had in the book over the last couple of years. They played it. They got one clip of it. 
I think it's the reason why they only got one clip of that joint. They got a, they got a bunch of one one hit one hit bangers though. I would like, well, not one clip of it, but one game. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, but you 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 may be right, Rick. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. It just Bro, I'm telling <laughs> man. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how real it is, Justin. They they wrote a, uh, my director <laughs> bands at my job. He went to the CBDNA conference. Trey Sona did a presentation at CBDNA talking about how they about to start suing people. I'm dead serious, bro. It's real. And I want our people to get ahead of this game, dog. We dealt with a lot of that when I was at PV. Dr. Zachary is not playing either. Like, we're we not going to get our band sued. And it's coming. They're going they coming for money because these artists aren't making money from this. And what scares me is all these HBCUs, they write these songs and then they tag the artists in the song yep. to get the click daddies. But at the end of the day, them click daddies going to get your band taken away from you. Man, but I think, Bailey, when she uh, shouted out PV, I thought that was dope. But all in my mind, I'm like, shit, I hope, you know, I hope they pay for the rights or I hope she ain't going to be an ass about it. You take notice ain't they nobody playing no the song. songs. I, I would think they'd be promotion for the song. Why they don't look at it that way? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, because the reason why they don't look at it that way is because at the end of the day, a lot of these, of these bands, between the number of clicks and views that they get are starting to create revenue. And that's revenue that they're specifically missing. And they feel that it don't matter if, if it's promotional. I'm glad you promoted this, but we want, I want my money because I didn't ask you to write that song. You didn't get money from me or my writers to write that song to put out there to actually collect money and funds from the views and clicks that you get. Hey, Justin, to lighten the subject a little bit. I understand man. everything you're talking about, bro. You ain't about to listen. I, I just hey, listen. Just, I got to lighten it up, dog. I need to get you on record. Well, first of all, are you coming to, te- to San Antonio, man? Are we going to see you here? Nah, man, I'm going to Houston. My gosh, I'm booked out the whole all week, doc. I got to go to Texas Southern game. My bad. Shit. I oh, wish I could. But I got to get you on record. Somebody asked this in the uncut group, and everybody was in there hating. But I'm going to ask the question here. You ready to admit that we gave Southern that L in 2015? At homecoming? Hell no. <laughs> Go back and listen to the battle. You ready to admit it? And I don't want to hear that it was homecoming. Listen, you know they make every excuse. Let me say, let me say, let me say, and that's why I, I be I always disagree with y'all when y'all say this. Regard, disagree. Uh, y'all, I don't think y'all give PV as much credit as y'all think because you're so focused on the backlash. I can show you people who watching the band since y'all was there to nine that that says. PV is one of the games that we like playing because y'all actually sound good. Like, I hate to say it that way. I, hate to say it. I just so don't, listen, I don't agree with that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm telling you from what I hear. I, I, Melo Yoshi, I know who that is. Kwan, you know who Yoshi is? You know what I'm saying? You know who, who Derek is? The big dogs in the band. I ain't talking about little pups. I'm talking about who have status and who, who, who opinion really matter in these sections. PV is a game that a lot of people out of a sudden like playing. They like playing because y'all sound good. Y'all can be consistent this time since I was in school. Y'all always been consistent. You know what I'm saying? I don't think y'all see that because it's other people hating on y'all. You name top five bands in a, in a sweat that sound good and you don't name TV, you literally cap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Honestly, it's, it's, it's going to be easy to put them in the top five in the swag. One band got 16 people soaking wet. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> like I'm, no, 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 no. You said that, right? That's that's all right. I'll, are they, I'll, Justin? Are they? Is P is in your opinion? Are they a top five band? Yeah, 
TV? Yes. Depending on the uh, yes. And it's swag. We talking about swag. Swag. So yes, yes. Easy. 2018 PV. Was that you a top like that. Yes. Yes. From from oh my God. I wish we were the name the damn Rihanna uh fucking uh uh snip that shit. My favorite clip that went crazy on on YouTube. I played that whole that whole yeah, 18 would like that. 19 would like that pretty much too, but I don't know, 19 was just a little weird. I don't know, I don't know what it was about 19. It's like I don't know if it was they sound good until they came to Southern. And and that and that would make me mad. I know I knew what that band sounded we, like. We, we, used to, we used to get upset about that, right? Like changing the approach because you playing them. Do what we do. We got our own personality, we got our own thing. And I think now, I think now they have so much more pride than what we were trying to build in the early years that we were there. Now it looks like those students, like you watch that show, it looks like those students are 110% PV Invested. no matter what. Yeah. And I love that, man, because that I'm was agreed. a picture that we had early. I know it was like that before we got there, and then the band, like, and Quan has went into complete detail about this. None of us know how it feels for the person that was like a daddy to you, your band director, to just up and die out of nowhere. Like we, our band director, we can call him right now. I talked to him a couple of days ago. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that's why I have such an issue with it, right? Is that that band lost the man that created the damn band. Right. And they got no buffer to deal with that trauma and then try to come back from it. When fam, you got that suspension for Robert Champion and they came back, Everybody acknowledged that, hey, it ain't the fam we used to. But I ain't see nearly the amount of hate on fam other than the fact they weren't as good as they were, right? People definitely acknowledge that because that's all we ever do is talk about how much somebody uh, sucks for some reason. But there was not nearly the level of hate for that than what was being dealt with there. And I, I think that's the issue I have, man, is it's always this unfairness that never gets applied to certain groups. And, I also you think, know, Rick, you got to earn respect, you know? And you're they not got looking respect. at this, too. You're not looking uh -huh. at this, too. Uh, you're not looking at this part. PV, I hate to say this. I don't want, I might get back at I don't care. I never known for PV to be good or, or like, for me to want to listen to PV until them recent years. Like, for example, you remember that Juke Storm alumni battle of the bands that they had that summer? Y'all remember that? Which one? The, it was a Juke Storm. It was an alumni, Southern alumni band. Yeah, that, 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 that was the that was the start of my comment. But that, Justin, that was the start of my comments, bro. During the um, the Let me tell you, we was like, we was like. Why y'all got so much? I ain't said so much pride. Like y'all ain't never been that good like that. Like until nowadays, you know what I'm saying? So right. it's kind of like y'all had an unfair advantage. It's kind of like y'all they asking for something that I ain't saying they never had, but that y'all was trying to build. They asking for they acting like what y'all was trying to build. They had before. You know what I'm saying? See, but but, but the thing shit. is, the, the thing is, because I feel like now we're getting on the PV and, and PV topic, but. The thing is about PV, and this is one of the things that we even discovered. They had a lot of pride when we got there. Yeah, like, they did. They, did. they, they did. had mad pride when we got there, but it just wasn't as as outward as it is today. But I think that also has to do with a lot of social media things. So you know, what I'm saying I, I think that that is a lot to do with it. They had mad pride. It's just, and I think that going back to what Rick said and what was talking about, you know, the 
death of, of Prop Ed. Um, it, it's just, it's kind of unfortunate the fact that people, they did not get a, a chance to deal with their, their trauma before a new person was, was put into the seat and a whole new staff. You know, I do think it, it was still cold to, to outwardly disrespect the program and the new staff when we got there in a, in a, in a, you know, uh, public setting, but they always had pride. Cause like, I remember when they would come up to us and be like, man, we was killing back and blah, blah, blah. blah. And, I, and me and Rick be like, all right, show me the clip though. And that's my Where thing. Clip I, I, see, I see somebody who said, you're not old enough to know. Okay. I, I, I never, I think sometimes we forget too. Like I'm old enough cool. to know. Yeah, uh, let okay. me, let me put that I out there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm simply talking about from, fuck. Okay. I can speak for the last 15 years. Can I? You know what I'm saying? 15 years is a long time. Okay, what you talking about? You know what I'm saying? That's Rick, which I've been out of college about 20 years now. 20, 10, I'm going to say when I'm 12, 13. What I'm saying is that, like, they, of course they had pride. What I'm saying is, like, we, they, it was promoted like they had a chance at that battle. I've never seen a cold, blood nose kill band from PV like that until recent years. If you had one, show it to me. You know what I'm saying? Like you can name I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna disagree with that. And I'm gonna let you speak in, in a second, Rick. I'm gonna disagree with that. Cause I'm looking at Steel Kicking who who's in, in the in the comment section. Steel Kicking, I'm, come in the come in the chat. Come in the the in yeah, uh, I'm gonna yeah. disagree with that because of this fact. I'm from Houston, bro. So I grew up seeing PV in Texas Southern you know what I'm saying, since I was in high school. So the years of PV that he's talking about, 98, 99, 2000, blah, 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 I've seen all of those years. You know what I'm saying? They've always had that. You know, the 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 energy that you're saying that they were displaying in the alumni, the alumni band battle against Southern, they've always had that. It's always been there. But it just, like I said, it wasn't as outward as we see it to be, but I disagree with it because of social media. No, I, I I disagree with that. What I think it is, Justin, to be honest, or they just didn't pay attention. No, they had a different sound. They did not sound like anybody else. That's true. So everybody, see that that's the problem. Justin. That's true. Everybody associates blowing with Southern. PV had their own sound. They did. They came in. They was gonna hit you with that walking in the rain. I don't know if you heard that in person. That walking yeah, in the rain, the rain Yes. Right. They're gonna hit you yeah. with that. They're gonna hit you with all these charts. Uh, but here's the difference. Then all blues. All blues, which is not loud. They had their own identity. They had their own sound. But then they're gonna shut it down. And you're gonna get one of the most beautiful ballads you heard in the swag. Yeah. Because that's what Prof Ed did. Prof Ed hit them ballad daddy. And now the only thing that's associated with anything that's blowing is the sound of Southern. And that's my problem, dog. Like, and it's it ain't, it ain't okay for a band to have their own identity and their own sound. I and like I to be able to appreciate it other than that joint won't blow them. Like, I'm sorry, but like, there's a lot of bands that are play with a big sound, but it doesn't sound that way to people because it doesn't have the edge that some of our favorite bands have. Cookman, it doesn't have example. screaming baritones and all that stuff. Go ahead, bro. But then Cookman, the prime example of a band that has a big sound. They sound right. so massive and it hits you, it just don't cut you, I guess. You know what I'm saying? You right. feel it, but it ain't the knocking cross. Hey, I'm not saying that they didn't have it. But I'm saying it like I learned so much from that damn alumni battle. Like mm -hmm. they're like, damn, okay, damn, PV, like I ain't know like it was this I didn't say prideful, but like 
now he showing the clips to match like what you talk about because everybody alumni say like we was this back in the day we was this back in the day you know what i'm saying versus a norfolk y'all tell me I, rick you have a clip that's crazy you're back in trump pull that trump clip you know what i'm saying like but what i'm saying is like this new pv or the pv that we see now that like i'm going to pv I, have they ever been that big in history like that that 18 19 pv ever but no band in the swack has ever been that big PV almost had 400 people a couple years ago. Okay. Uh, that big? They've been close. They've been close. Um, in the 90s? It was, no, it was in the 2000s. Like 2010 was that big. Yeah. yeah. It was they, they, won, they won Swag Championship, but they went to Honda, and it was going crazy. Up in the hour. I remember that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. I, I, what I'm saying is not like I, I just think that there has to be room for difference. There has to be room for different approaches that still get appreciation. Everything is not about blowing. And that it feels like that's all that people care about. There's a specific, there is a characterized sound now, Justin, that people expect from our band programs. And that is a new phenomenon. Like go back, like you said, this, like this brother was saying, 2000, all these years back, go, go back and listen to Southern from the late 80s. It's some video clips up of 1988 Southern. That was Dr. Mm -hmm. Zachary's freshman year. And it was off the chain. I know the '88 feel so. Technically, like, that band was was band very talented. Well, they don't sound like our our current iteration. They don't sound like anybody else. Everybody had their own individual sound. Um, I'm an old Jackson fan. You know, and what I'm that saying? old Jackson man. I used to love old Jackson. There's no variety anymore. Everybody's just yelling at you 100 percent of the time. Like, I'm sorry, Justin. Like. Imagine a show where me and Julian just screamed at each other the whole show. All you hear is, ah, the whole show. That's all you ever hear at these battles, man. The next rap song played at with no dynamics, no nothing. Just blow that thing as hard and loud as you can. The kids' faces look like they got punched in the mouth. Like, like, like enough is enough, Great. man. Okay, Robert Champion's death. Um, was wider, uh, it had a wider effect on HBCU band than we thought. But that was a, a while ago, and it's time to recover. We got to have other standards other than everybody must be blown. That is not that is not characteristic to our art form. That is the community being led by you know, a bunch of young, uninformed people that know nothing about the history of HBCU band. That's what that is, bro. That's a bunch of young people dictating what they think our, our standard is. And I, think, I can prove that through video. I can I think, prove that through HBCU bands previously participating in CBNDNA and all these other conferences and stuff. That doesn't happen anymore. So people don't know what that is. I guarantee you, man, if we went back and we just said, look, what you do is cool. Nobody can out Southern Southern. Nobody. I'm sorry. I, I agree. I agree with that. No one can out Southern Southern. So instead of trying to be them, which I think Talladega falls into all the time and some other band programs, instead of trying to be them or trying to do them better than them, I even remember that video that he put out saying, I'm going to play your song and I'm going to play your song and I'm going to play your song and I'm going to play it better than y'all. Right, right? Instead yeah. of saying that, let's say, okay, cool. You got your lane. Stay in that lane. We going to do us and we're going to do us at a high level. We ain't trying to be you. We don't want nothing that has to do with you. And I think once we do that and everybody is able to be themselves and get appreciated from the community for being themselves, 
I that's what I want to see. And that, that's that's all I want to see. Us to be able to have a playing field where everybody can be successful, not just our favorite bands. That's what okay. I want to see. Look, that like that the last comment that's still kicking posted. You know what I'm saying? Rick, I love bands that have their own identity, bro. Like it may like Grandma never change. They're gonna give you the one-two daddy with the horn and they're gonna give you that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like y'all in Norfolk, they're gonna give me the big bolsterous behold sound. You know what I'm saying? Like, who else? There's a lot of bands that change. Like, I, I, I when somebody argue and say Jackson don't sound like old Jackson, but they sound more like a southern style Jackson. I do agree with that, but Jackson still keep a liberty tradition. I'm gonna tell you this from a younger standpoint and looking and seeing, bro. Like, I grew up loving family, loving family, like. I imagine growing up in New Orleans where all the bands crank, but I'm the kid that like FAMU. I was always asking myself, when is FAMU gonna blow that hole? They got all these wonderful people. That's why I like them because my high school band big, Reed, all these bands big, FAMU had the biggest band. They sound full and pretty, but I want the, the growl and the aggression. You know what I'm saying? Like what I'm used to at home getting from But there has, to, there has to be a space for all that, right? Okay. There has to out. be a space where Southern can be the big aggressive band that gives you like all that excitement, man. That's their lane. And then there has to be a lane where you say, you know what? Southern is doing their thing. I want to go check out some A&T because I like what Gary is doing with the drill. I like the fact that they're not scared to do both core style and show style, you know, and be able to say they're good at what they're doing. And, and, and North Carolina A&T gets a lot of credit in the band community. Like people appreciate them for who they are. I don't think they get put in the category of best bands. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what what happens with how they um, Dr. Rowe continues to grow the band. But there are a lot of great bands, man, that I hope we're able to give them, show them the credit and give them the lane to be able to, to innovate in their own way and people still be able to appreciate it for what it is instead of always comparing them to band A or band B. You know, and saying that's that's the the standard of what all bands should be. And that's not the case. Because like you said, you're a fam fan. Yeah. I've already told you just me and you had this conversation on the show. I'm gonna ask you again. Because you know <laughs> what my song of the year. My song of the year is Young and the Restless. Nothing sounded as good as Young and the Restless. Justin, what was your song of the year, Doc? Um uh, about three, four Southern songs, but I like uh I like that that Chloe that uh that that PV that working hard that uh, hammer. Oh, you find me a song that's to the T, like it is a rap daddy, but they blowing that. But like, it, I, I had to make sure I, I get my own clip of that. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying, Rick. I just feel like well, how about this? I'm gonna do you like you did me. You can't do a rap song. Cause remember you told me that song too old, Rick. That's all too old. I just gave you a more recent song I like from Southern. Give me your favorite ballad of the year. Um. Uh, that's not blowing. It's just beautiful. How about that? Yeah. Do you um, have one? <laughs> I would have to think. Uh, probably Knights uh, Nights over Egypt, Kentucky State. I haven't heard that. Uh, I have to go check that out. Go check that out. Uh, and uh, believe it or not, uh, Central State played one uh, at the Columbia Classic for Columbia. I was looking at them like, damn, did you give me some instrumentation? I don't know the name of it, but I can tell you it's like a 13 minutes on that Kentucky State video of the first game of the season. But yeah. But um why were we on this year? That needs to be a topic. Well the Bethune clips. But yeah, man. I'm the same song over and over. 
<laughs> no, no, don't do that to them. That, that, well, yeah, shit, you can do it to them. But they, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Keep, yeah. keep it real. I'm sorry, just ain't nothing touching that young wrestlers, bro. That's the most. That's the most beautiful thing I've heard from an HBCU band since Jackson State played Circle of Life. That Jackson State Circle of Life was amazing. I I really appreciated the arrangement and the performance. You ever heard? Um, you ever heard Gam Circle of Life, Georgia Mass Band? No. Nah. Go check that out tonight. Let me know. Well, right, uh, Justin, go ahead and get your final thought out, bro. Rick ain't going to interrupt you this time, dog. I'm going to let you go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I, what, I, what I'm saying is that, like, I think sometimes we got to pay attention to, I hate, I know we hate following trends. I know we hate, like, you know, following, like, you know, trying to be like the next person. But it's coming, it's, it's a new day in bad world. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't saying you have to adapt. But at the same time, you better be creative enough to keep the interest of these kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the, the cranking is here, and it ain't going nowhere. I hate to say it. You know what I'm saying? It ain't going nowhere. But at the same time, even the bands like Southern are slap you with a banner that you have to answer. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't have one to answer, like, you, you're going to get caught in the rapture. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can't, everybody, everybody can't do that. So I'm just saying, like, you just got to catch up to the times Stay innovative, because that's what make a good band director, if you ask me. And I like I like seeing old band directors that be whooping these young band directors' ass. I like seeing that because, like, dang, he wasn't to be our daddy, but he's still in tune with the time. He's actually doing something. We talk, you talk about Bethune Cookman, but they're one of the biggest bands every year. Why? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I can't deny that product. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. You just got to stay, stay hip. But stay like, you know what I'm saying? Keep that, keep it fresh. You got to. And sometimes a lot of your traditions ain't working. We talk about the Miag bands over there, bro, but how many of them over there, like, really, like, I don't know. Let's just stay for, for, stay for example. South Carolina State, 12 states, big and kicking butt, 13 states. Man, you know, they lost band director. You know what I'm saying? Look at them now. You know what I'm saying? They just won a celebration bowl. But was we in tune with the band at all? You know what I'm saying? I don't know what it is, but you just had to stay hip and stay fresh. That's fine. I guess that's my piece. Yeah. Man, it's definitely a great back and forth. You know, it's always interesting and great topics when a conversation when you come on, Justin. So we definitely appreciate you, bro. So I thank you, man, and thank you for the support, man. So. Keep rocking with us. I know you will, man. And I think we'll see you next Wednesday then. <laughs> All right, man. How did y'all, man? All right. All right, bro. All right, man. Uh, this is a late one. This is a late one. But uh, we got through it. We got to hit this TMEA tomorrow. Well, no, we got to wake up and hit that breakfast good tomorrow. Tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it ain't 12 yet. It yes, it is. I'm yet. from the East Coast. It's well, you, you in the South right now. It's 1137. <laughs> so uh we go ahead go ahead and wrap man i appreciate everybody for joining us man if you're just walking in uh you still got time to hit that like button you also still got time to subscribe to subscribe to the channel if you didn't catch any other information that we went over today or any other show you can check us out tomorrow uh when we are on all of your favorite podcasts so just go look us up on uh at any of your podcasts at real talk that talk except for apple i'm still working on that one also, please make sure you go ahead and get to Talk That Talk merch if you haven't done so. Appreciate everybody uh, hanging out with us coming through. Until then, we will see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in to Talk That Talk. 
Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.